On this episode, we discuss the apple. And the natural desire to meet an actual vampire. Flophouse. I'm Dan McCoy. And the second head of this comedy Cerberus is me, Stuart Wellington. And I'm Elliot Kalin. Once again, the middle head on the comedy Cerberus, even though I'm announced third. Here's the problem. It's like those movie posters where the faces don't line up with the order of the names. Just look at the poster for Jumanji, the new one, and you get the idea. Anyway, I'm the middle head, but I get named third. Wait, am I here or am I not? Oh, am I ah, ah, oh wait, yeah, I'm not. Oh God, oh, damn! No, you can. And be riding the back, riding the back of this three-headed Cerberus hound is. You're like the Pecosville of this Cerberus hound. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of see. I kind of see you as more of like the Persephone who is. Uh, Who's like trapped here because she ate part of a pomegranate? Well, I want to talk about my favorite Greek myth of Pecos Bill. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Travis McElroy or whatever. Anyways, what do we do on this show? Yeah, oh, Dan, wow. what do we do on this show? Uh, we're getting well, what do we do on the show? Ah, uh, Dan. Cutting right Dan. The chase. Oh, Dan. How, how, Dan. How are his levels? Dan. Yeah. Dan. What do we do on the show? <laughs> okay. Dan. We- Dan. Uh-huh. Dan. What do we do on the show? Dan. Is this too much pressure? Dan. Dan. Dan, you were Dan, you were beta cucked by Travis so fast. <laughs> Dan. What do we, we do on the show? Dan. We watch a bad movie. Uh-huh. And then we talk about it. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. And tonight we watched a movie that Travis inflicted upon us. Uh-huh. Hell yeah. Travis uh McElroy. I Travis McElroy. Okay. okay, sure. Hi, Stuart. We've just been friends for three years. Just, no, it's fine. Just clarifying for the audience. Okay, no, whatever. It's could okay. have been. You may know Travis from being more been, popular than us. Could have been. Yeah, that's Travis yeah. Tritt, country music star. No, it could not have been. What are the odds that you guys could pull the, from the taxi driver played by Robert De Niro? Yeah, it could have been fictional yeah. character Travis. Y'all, maybe he. Y'all pull. You pull Robbie De Niro on your regular polls or whatever. Wait, are you trying to do a Robert De Niro impression? No, because what I would, would that never. sound like, Dan? Um... <laughs> Dan, Dan, <laughs> come Dan. on, master impressionist Dan McCoy, you, give us your Bobby De Niro. <laughs> you, you talking to me? Oh my God! Oh, you, wait, is Robert De Niro over me? there? California. Did you guys get Robert De Niro? <laughs> we did. No. Robbie, tell us about. <laughs> that's what his friends call him, <laughs> Robbie. Robbie. I think. I think that. Uh, <laughs> I I share with Robert De Niro the uh, reticence that makes me also a bad interview subject. <laughs> if there's two things I know, it's that Dan and Robert De Niro are both very quiet men. And um, I'm gonna guess I'm gonna guess knee pain at his age. You also probably yeah. yeah, like you saw you saw the movie poster for what is it? Horny Grandpa? What uh-huh. fucking movie was he in? Yeah. Off putting grandpa. Like yeah, where he's uh <laughs> he's it looks like he's putting Zach Efron in the fucking spinner Rooney. Like his knees don't look like they're doing good. No, they're those are Photoshop no. knees. Really? Yeah, oh, those yeah. are a younger man's knees. Yeah. Oh wow. We should uh They photoshopped in Pan's knees. Hey, if you work in the uh if you work in the special effects uh world, 
Why don't you uh, write in and let me know if they're right or not? Just write into the Flophouse at <laughs> if they're right or not, like two right so, knees or no. If so it's, 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 it's 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 Robert De Niro waist up, Zac Efron waist down. Oh, okay. oh yeah. wow, what a sexy so centaur! Like Rick Baker, if you're listening, send us the info. Are those also, Rick Baker, Baker. Baker. Rick Baker, do you uh, share a timeshare ponytail with Julian Sands? <laughs> right in. Oh boy. Anyways, uh, explanation. That's gonna wrap it up, folks. Thank you so much yeah. for listening. Uh, Dan, uh, maybe you should remind people what we do on this podcast. I already did. We watched it. What do we do? No, Dan. But it's been a while. Dan. But it's and been then a we while. Talk Dan. About it. Dan. Uh, Dan, I love you. Thank you. <laughs> Dan, I'm going to be aggressive and complimentary at the same time. Dan, you're so fucking great. Dan. <laughs> Those are the two things that Dan likes least. <laughs> <laughs> It's like the theory of like um of uh working out where you do muscle confusion. Yeah, Dan. <laughs> That's a great joke, Dan. Oh Dan. Boy. That was a good joke. I thought it was a like fucking great joke, Dan. Game on you. This is classic. I'm negging, game. Dan. <laughs> no, you're pausing he's, me. He's pro negging you. Yeah. He's yeah. pro negging you. If only we had a word for that. <laughs> <laughs> Neglimenting, is that anything? <laughs> Um, Dan, what do we do? <laughs> we watch a bad movie and then we talk about it. You we said that so well, Dan. Guys, guys, I'm not comfortable being in this position, but I'd like to steer us back on track for a moment. <laughs> okay. uh, so the, the movie we watched was a movie at Travis Picks, and that's The Apple from 1980, uh, which is a uh, it's a musical of a certain. It's a type. movie, Travis, I think. That first drew you to this to this tale. <laughs> well, this is uh, so. I first watched this movie. The night of my little brother Griffin's bachelor party, uh-huh. and Griffin, it, oh, wow. it was Wild the night. Times. Yeah, it was the night before <laughs> his wedding, and he was a little nervous. And my older brother said, "As seen, oh. as seen in the Tim Burton film, The Nightmare Before Griffin's Wedding." <laughs> uh huh. And Justin said, "I know what will take your mind off of this." And I think Justin had come to it through riff tracks. Uh huh. Um, and so we first watched the riff tracks version of the Apple. <laughs> And since then, I have probably watched The Apple 20 times. It is like my go-to, oh, you think you like bad movies, challenge yourself with this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, listen, The Room the room is bad, but I think the people making it didn't know it was bad. Birdemic is bad. Faithful Findings is, of course, bad. Uh-huh. Uh, but I think the you're just Apple, now you're just listing classic bad movies. That's Troll Two. But this is what makes uh, but this is what makes the Apple stand out for me is I guarantee not a single soul that worked on the Apple finished it and thought we did it. Yeah, like, we, we think, stuck the landing. I, yeah, they all knew. I think before it aired, except for the writer, mm-hmm. <laughs> which we can talk about in a second. One of the creators of the movie. Did mm, gets a little dark here. Write a suicide note after I got booed a bunch and was going to kill himself took, until the he, other writer stopped he him. He took the the audience critique very. He harshly. took it to heart. Yes, he did. I now, mean, was he this put, Golan who was going to kill himself? I think so. Yeah. Oh boy. Yes. Yeah. He, he robbing us of so many oh. future uh, canon pictures. Yeah, it's, it was direct. It's it may be the only movie directed by Menachem Golan. No, Golan no, no. Was. I looked it up. Actually, he he directed he direct a bunch other of ones. Yeah, including Over the Top. Oh, <laughs> so, what? I didn't realize he directed Over the Top, so he had made amends for the Apple. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, also, the choreographer, and now I don't have my foot in front of me, but the name of the choreographer is the same dude from So You Think You Can Dance, mm, the judge. No. I'm well, the pretty Ni- sure. Nigel we'll get into is, when we talk is about it, we'll get into that. What I think, I think the choreography is the saving grace of this movie in some ways. Oh, when we get to like the BIM hour? Yeah, yeah. When we get to, when we actually get get into the meat of this movie, what meat there is, which is strange because it's an apple, which is a fruit. That's not meat. I know it's fleshy. But here's the yeah. thing: I love, I legitimately, in the way that I think people feel about their favorite Bat movie, love this movie. Like I get pumped watching it. Yeah, and you actually, I think you 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 managed a feat in that you picked a movie that I don't know if any of us had seen before. Elliot, did, have you ever seen this? Yeah, I've seen it once before. Okay, so I retract my statement. All right, so fuck off, (laughs) Stuart. But no, Dan and I used to have a coworker who was, I mean, Dan still does. I don't anymore because I don't work there anymore because it's full of losers now. But uh, Mm -hmm. we used to have a coworker who loved this movie, and she kind of forced it on me. And the thing that always stuck with me is my favorite bad line from a song, which is uh, the line, like a baby watching magic, it's so gullible, it's tragic. Uh-huh. <laughs> is playing on that that everyday experience we've all been through of being a baby <laughs> watching magic. Wait, that's better than it's a natural, natural, natural desire to meet an actual, actual, actual vampire. A thing that's that does not good. happen in the movie. Except he no the vampire shows and also, up for just yeah, a second. Another thing that's not necessarily relatable, like, oh, of course, yeah, everyone knows that common desire to meet an actual you vampire. Know. It's just like Spe- in wait, it's hold, just hold, like in hold, Fellowship hold of the Ring. <laughs> When uh, Tolkien describes Goldberry coming to the door as if an elf maiden had come to the door. And at this point, no elves had even shown up. (laughs) I have no point of context. Now, hold on a second. Travis, I don't know you as well as I know Dan Stewart. Dan Stewart, can you honestly tell me you do not want to meet an actual vampire? (laughs) One of those Dracula's going to suck my blood. Wait, hold on. I will say. like. It is a natural desire that if someone said to you right now, you could or could not meet an actual vampire, Uh do you really think you'd be like, nah? I mean, all right. No, be honest. Dan. No, let's say. Dan. 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 Look in a mirror. No, I'm going to. Unlike a vampire. Uh Uh-huh. And tell yourself that you wouldn't want to meet a vampire. What if I, if I said there's a vampire behind that door and they want to meet you, are you really going to say, hmm? I'm not interested. Oh, this is what I was going to say. If it's behind the door to my uh, apartment and I can. Did you let them in, Well, Dan? no, that's the other side of the door. Okay. So I can avoid inviting them in. Like, if I have that mystical barrier between uh-huh. me. A threshold, I would yes. definitely uh, meet an actual, actual, actual vampire. Okay. It's a, it's so... a mystical barrier called etiquette. Yeah. <laughs> Vampires, very polite. So. Entirely polite. Throw some we have not even ground, started on the movie. You it. You'll get away. I mean, we talked about some of the music. So this is a musical, right? Yeah. Well, should we okay. talk about the plot, or should we talk about the elements? You can try. It is a musical. Yeah, you can okay. try to talk about the plot. This is a movie that when I introduce <coughs> it to people, I often say, like, you at many points are going to feel lost in this movie. You're going to <laughs> feel like you have missed something. You have not. The movie just failed to tell you about this thing that's happening. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. As evidenced by where it starts. The, if this movie is kind of like it's someone saw the Rocky Horror Picture Show and they were like, I can do that. <laughs> yes. But they couldn't do it. They just well, that's the thing. It. This movie, I think, was shot four years after Rocky Horror Picture Show came out. 
So I think it is very much trying to do that. Where they were like, what if it was like a campy? <laughs> yeah. Musical? Where they're like, hey, regular picture show is great, but what if it was campy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's also like. Well, it's also, it's a, it's a campy musical made by people who seem to be very afraid of gay people. <laughs> yeah. Like a, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a strong strain of homophobia running through it. It's like they saw Rocky Horror Picture Show and they're like, hmm. What if it was this, but it was about how evil gay people are? Okay, so uh, the year is 1994. We open in outer space. Uh huh. Neither right now nor when this movie was made is it 1994. But the movie. How when you're making a movie like this? Why don't you just set it in like 3200? Why (laughs) set it so near? Why not just like shoot for the stars? Mm -hmm. It's 3200. Yeah. Long time ago, galaxy far, far away. Yeah. TM. Swing for the fences. <laughs> Anyways. I have to assume that uh, they were already working on that concept for the movie, what is it, Your Hunter from the Year 5000, whatever uh-huh. it's called. Mm-hmm. Pluto Nash. <laughs> yeah, they were like, let's save that idea for Pluto Nash. <laughs> <laughs> this, this Pluto Nash script has been kicking around Hollywood for 40 years now. I think it's finally time to make it. It's in the blacklist every year for some reason. Okay, so Elliot. <laughs> It's so, 1994. So in the movie, it's it's the far off future year of 1994, and we go right into the middle of the Song Vision World Competition, which is like the Eurovision Song Competition, but for the whole world. And right <laughs> off the bat, we're dropped into what looks like it's going to be the big winner, the uh, a song that I think is called. It's either called Bim or Bim is the Power. It's about the Bim's on the of way. Power called Bim. Yeah, Bim's on. Hey, 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 Bim is on the way. Oh, Bim is the and way. Bim and Bim. Oh, I thought they were saying Bim's the only way. It's Bim. No, is on no, the no. Way. Bim is on the way, and Bim is Boogaloo International Music. Uh huh. It's it's as if they were singing Sony's on the way. <laughs> but that that isn't made because, clear until well, later on. Bim- like at, at when it's first introduced, I I was just like, maybe they don't like maybe. They just don't speak English. Like they're not singing in English well enough for me to understand what they're saying. Because I don't know, it feels like a very European production. Well, the way that it's staged and the costumes and the song make it seem like <coughs> Bim is an alien power <laughs> that is about to yes. land and conquer humanity. Which I'm all for. Yes. Buckle up. Let me see some Bim power. But it's well, actually about a music the, label. <laughs> yeah. they, they they do a very poor job of ever saying. Hey, movie, let's stop and explain what BIM is, because it's a word you're going to be hearing a lot throughout the film. Mm-hmm. BIM is this thing. They just kind of drop you in. And I mean, it's better, I guess, than uh, Star Wars spending a couple minutes telling you about midi-chlorians or something. But they, they need a little bit more explanation of what this BIM is that everybody loves. Yeah. Well, the whole movie, so, it, there's a lot of like, so imagine if a music company was like a government. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And yeah, yeah. Scene. Well, Go. It's... It's one of these many uh, dystopias that is music based. <laughs> like mm-hmm. in popular culture, there's a lot more popular music based dystopias than I think, you know, science would, you know, project as, as a possible reality. Well, it's also important to note that in this land, not only is it unclear the power of music has, time is also unclear in this thing because in this beginning, right, they do this song. Bim's on the way. And Uh then as he's getting interviewed, it's like, so the government has just picked this song to be the exercise song or whatever. And it's like, wait, didn't this song just debut? What's going on? (laughs) 
I mean, well, they, it's uh, it's this is this is the end of the long rollout, I guess, of the yeah. Bim song. They'd been yeah, they, they'd been releasing song trailers with just a couple <laughs> little clips of it on yeah, YouTube. You, you could get uh, you could get a ringtone of them <laughs> for a while now. and People mm-hmm. are really horny mm-hmm. for them. <laughs> so so Bim is run by, as you mentioned, it's uh, it's Boogaloo's corporation. That's Mr. Boogaloo. Who uh-huh. is your basic <laughs> if you're nasty. antichrist yeah. devil guy? Yeah, uh-huh. he's he's played by an actor who was clearly uh, chosen for his singing ability. <laughs> I think he was chosen for his goatee. Yeah. So is he's, he? Can, so he has a dog in the race. He is backing the two very sexy singers and their backup dancers singing the Bims. Dandy and Dandy, Dandy, thank Dandy, you. who <laughs> becomes a villain in the movie. And he looks so much like he reminds me so much of the bad guy from Top Secret. <laughs> OK, see, I was going to say the dude Richard from Top Gear. Maybe if the two of them had a baby, that uh-huh. was evil. Well, it's like they said, OK, so I think what we have is the dude, the lead singer of The Who, mm-hmm. whose name is escaping me. Mm-hmm. Roger Al- Daltrey. Daltrey? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And Rich, Rich, Richie Who. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then. Uh, Cindy Lou Who. Al- Alfie seems modeled after uh, after George Michael. Okay, right. There's literally a based scene. on the chest hair. Well, there's one scene where he's in like bleached white jeans mm-hmm. and a white t shirt and like a gold necklace. Yep, and he straight up looks like he's off the cover of a Wham album. That's cool. But I, so let's explain who. Let's explain who. Let's define our terms here. So okay, the Bim song is about to win by measure of heartbeats. Uh, Boogaloo and his effeminate major domo are already celebrating when this kind of folky rock duo to a man and a woman, Alfie and BB, they sing a love song and it really wins everyone over. And it looks like they're going to win until everything is sabotaged by the BIM guys. And let's just let's acknowledge the sabotage. Right. So it's already surpassed. It's not like they stop it just before. It has surpassed the heartbeats. The Bim song hit 150. Mm-hmm. They hit like 152. And then they put on this weird beepy tape. <laughs> and everyone's uh-huh. like, yeah, this seems. It makes them yeah, mad. They're like, I also love how uh, the guy who's sabotaging it hands over the tape in broad daylight, like in a room full of people, and he says, don't let anyone see you using this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's, yeah, as soon as the beeping starts, like the audience who were loving it a moment before immediately start jeering and like rushing the stage. Yeah. But I think like, wouldn't that make their hearts beat faster? Well, yes. But not only that, yeah, it, you seems think like, so. it seems like Boogaloo's in control. Why not just be like, nah, wasn't successful. <laughs> and then we're like, okay, cool. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's the only one who has access to that heartbeat monitor. Just slip some BIM dollars to the heartbeat monitor guy and just be like, they got less. Okay. Cool. The end. (laughs) The end. Or just say, like, okay, Uh, cool. People like them, I'm going to sign them now. Yeah, which is what he tries to do. He's like, okay, there's this power, this like music power that I don't have control over. I have to, you know, suck it into my vortex, into my orbit. Mm hmm. And so his the the group that he is fronting, Bim is the way or whatever. They're they're they represent Tandy like, and Dandy. Yeah, Thank Tandy you. and Dandy represent like a very modern, slick pop music sheen. Mm-hmm. Whereas uh, Alfie and Bibi are kind of like uh, 
Kind of like a folksy. They're like the carpenters. Okay, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, this this is where this is where I want to uh, I want it. This is more uh, coding for me of kind of ant. Uh, the Alfie and BB are very much like. It feels like even more than carpenters, they're like Heartland, straight white America. Whereas the BIM guys are disco, and disco is the music of women uh-huh. of people of color and of queer people, and it's very much like. The, the 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 BIM presentation is this big futuristic campy disco thing, and then you've got these like, just these like straight from the heart American folk songsters, and the fact that their song is maybe one billionth as catchy as the BIM song, which I find genuinely catchy, maybe just because they repeat <laughs> the same phrase over and over again. Yeah, hey hey, just hey, like, hey. BIM's on the way. It sets the stage. BIM's but on the way. I, I, like, I was like, I, oh, finally. I do want to say, because this is a movie I've watched a ton of times and now I have a platform. Um, The first line (laughs) of the BIM song, they say, there is no, uh, what is it? There is no happy or there is no sad. Uh Uh-huh. But they don't rhyme. There is no, uh, like, there is no good. Oh, no, there's no rhymes. Yeah. They say there is no good, there is no bad, there is no happy, and everything's not okay, or whatever. But they don't say there is no bad. And it will always, it's like literally the first thing they say. Wait, you're saying they they don't rhyme bad with sad is what you're hoping for? Okay. A thing that a four-year-old would do. (laughs) They say like there is no good, there is no bad, there is no happy, there is no pain. You set up the expectation and you just knock it down. I like to imagine they had like Stephen Sondheim doing the lyrics, and he's like, "I can't crack it. There's no there's no rhyme here. What is it? Let me damn let me, it. Let me open up my rhyming dictionary at at bad, and it's just a blank page. Oh, boy. A, a young Lin Manuel Miranda a was just beating the down the door, like, "Let me in. I've got it. I've cracked it. There is no rad." <laughs> Anyways, so they I sing do a love song. That, uh, the Bim song, the, the Bib song is all these like nihilistic slogans, and it's like they're just hurling the anti-life equation at the audience. There's something very <laughs> yeah. uh, Jack Kirby's Fourth World about it that I like. Yep. But then, okay, after the after the song convention, Bim has been named the winner. Bim for the win. There's a big party, and they all get in their Ghostbusters Ecto ones, and they head off to the party. Yeah, the design on those uh, those limousines is very much like Ecto One, basically. Yes, yeah, they all look like they're driving away in Ghostbusters ambulances. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they go to this party and they go, "Look at all this BIM merchandise. We have our BIM glasses," and they hand out the most <laughs> unwieldy drinking glasses I think I've ever seen. <laughs> they're vases. Yeah, they are vases. Don't yeah, they just yeah. like a wear vase? You're holding a vase. Don't they drink a BIM and tonic out of it? They're having a BIM and tonic in a vase. <laughs> As I could go for a vase full of Bim and Tonic right now. (laughs) Bim is becoming what I like. Bim is the Apple version of of the word Smurf, where it just means anything. (laughs) Is this when the fellow starts giving out, well, when they're like, we got to start, we got to start talking about Bim merchandising. He's like, how about a t-shirt? Like, no shit, dude. (laughs) I love that he says t-shirt and everyone shits on it so hard. Like, t-shirt, get the fuck out, Ashley. Uh, And then he, uh, they gives out the BIM stickers and they're loving that shit. Well, that's the thing. T-shirt is not it, but BIM stickers. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow down. And this is one of those moments where uh, the Apple starts bringing in uh, its biblical roots because uh-huh. much as when the Antichrist comes, all followers of the Antichrist <laughs> will bear his mark, 
the BIM sticker, it becomes more and more uh, enforced that you have to wear it because that's the mark of Mr. Boogaloo, the Antichrist. Wait, hold on. <laughs> hold on. Hold on, Elliot. Yeah. Are you saying yes. that the apple uh-huh. might have biblical allegories? <laughs> Look, yeah, they, just, just bear the with biblical allegories. Maybe you'll they, see. Maybe. Maybe you'll see Elton John God descend in a magic limousine. Yeah, and not only that, here's the thing. You might think, oh, does the apple have an biblical allegory? <laughs> no, 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 my friends. <laughs> the apple has about seven biblical yeah. allegories. The biblical allegory in this is only slightly less subtle than in Mother. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I don't... I don't get it. I haven't seen Mother yet. Oh boy! Don't spoil it for Stuart. Yeah, okay. Right. Uh, so have you seen Arrested uh, Development? <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> I get it. I I also haven't seen Mother. <laughs> uh, so we uh we so flash Alfie forward and, to so a part Alfie of the movie I don't remember. So so Alfie and BB are they're at the party and BB is seduced by the male singer of the of the BIM group. Now is the male one Tandy or Dandy? Dandy. I think that's Dandy, yes. Dandy. And, uh, and, and he seduces her to kiss him while everybody looks up through a skylight and laughs at them. So sexy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's just like, it's like, remember uh, the smooth moves of the of uh, the the fake boyfriend in Carrie who takes mm-hmm. Carrie to the prom? That's mm-hmm. what this is all about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's a... But it wins. Now BB wants to sign, wants to sign with Mr. Boogaloo as their agent, but Alfie is like... No way! And when they go to the signing ceremony, uh, after they after the song, uh, everything is was it everything is entertainment in nineteen ninety four something like that. Nothing is like show business, which is the weirdest dystopian. Oh, that's what it is. Because it's 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 like hey, like it makes sense because there's this group of show business people here, and they break into song, and it's like yeah, but they don't. Yeah, but but also they don't. This is nothing. <laughs> is that the uh, is that the dance number that happens in that uh, airport? Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The airport waiting in the room. Airport the one where the uh, that, where Mr. Boogaloo has his office. The one where they surprise the choreographer on the day of, and they're like, "You gotta choreograph somebody." Yeah. You strut this direction. <laughs> you strut the other direction. There, this it's is, done. What we are hitting on now, just to touch on it, is the most amazing thing about the Apple to me, which is in these numbers, there are easily 60 extras. Like, yeah, yeah, this is huge. not, they're normal. This is not the room where there's like four people in every scene. This is like, this, the, the budget for this movie was $5 million. Wow. Yeah, because this like this looks like a big production. I mean, like it, it's it's cheap in in certain ways, but it has like lighting, big crazy sets, People, costume, and it has the, like costumes and like yes. a cast of thousands, sort of thing. And design, like every every set is has some element of design to it. Yeah, and even, and every dancer has a crazy costume. Like they yeah, are, yeah. they're. Even I if, don't know, dude. They're, they're in Germany. In like they're this was shot. Uniforms. This was shot in Berlin, Germany. I'm sure you can just go to any store and buy one of those outfits. <laughs> well, that's what Germ- at this point in yeah. 1979, what West Germany was known for was its whimsy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this was, I mean, the thing is, Germany really took the Germany really took its cue style wise from the Apple. It it was in Germany what like. Uh, Annie Hall was for a generation of women in America. <laughs> they all started wearing ties, mm-hmm. and that you would talk about how oh that person has the apple look. That's why they have bands of silver fiberglass all over their arms. 
Yeah, that's why that fellow's beard is covered in glitter and he's wearing a leather leather jumpsuit <laughs> with the pointiest shoulders. Oh, that's that's why that guy is dressed like Mork from Orc. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, at, the, so, uh, at uh, roughly BB's, this point, this oh, is where sorry, BB is going to sign the contract. And Alfie starts having, yes. they're in the office and they're being pushed to sign the contract. And Alfie starts having these like hallucinations of this situation as like a biblical like devil situation. Well, which, but hold on. Well, there's, there's a, a false start. Earthquakes and storms. Yeah. There's a false start where he has that vision and then everybody looks at him like, oh, what was that? And yeah. then, <laughs> they all make fun of him and he's like, what did I say something about t-shirts? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they and then, then he dream, he dreams that they're Adam and Eve in hell being tempted by a magic apple, and which is not how that fight. scene went down. In case anyone was wondering, <laughs> yeah, quite the opposite. They were in a very very nice place at the they time. They didn't take him to hell. Like, what about this apple, though? Yeah, <laughs> I think that kind of tips off the bad the, the bad consequences of eating the apple if you take him down to hell for. And that. there's a vampire yeah. there. <laughs> a tasty apple, magic apple. Juju even, Apple. Even the, Juju the, the Apple. lyrics that that Dandy is singing make it sound like it would be terrible to eat the apple. He's like, in it's like mystify you, de, uh, destroyify you, enslaveify you, that kind of stuff. It's all about how bad it's gonna be. <laughs> and here's the thing: what's amazing about this is, and and honestly, like I said, I've watched this movie twenty times. I think Alfie might have the shining, right? Because <laughs> sure. like okay. he sees it. Like he sees this all going down, right? And BB is just like, okay, whatever. Like BB is not so this is not happening real time. Right? Or no, because, I'm assuming it's a vision. Well yeah, so it's it's tough to say because the costuming decision was basically like, hey, I already hey costume designer, I already had you create a terrifying uh world for this to take place in. Now I need you to take it a couple steps up. <laughs> well, what's great about this and what makes it so genius in its uh, storytelling is BB, before this number about being tempted takes place, has already signed. Yeah. So this is not about yeah. yes. Alfie trying to protect BB's soul. That's done. Mm -hmm. This is just about ramifications <laughs> of the thing she has already done. Yeah. It might as well just be BB uh, Alfie going, oh, no, really? Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I mean, it's a great to, movie. To be honest, so, that giant apple looks pretty good, right? No, like, no, I, it doesn't at all. It looks like it's, it's carved out of wood. Oh, The green although, apples are the best, right? Let me what? give credit where credit is due. The one person who has, like, the double face makeup, amazing. Yeah. Sure. Amazing. I thought that I I think they got an actual deformed person to play that part. That's how good the makeup was. But the, the, and also this the the apple is being presented by Dandy, who is wearing almost no clothes. But it's not like he's the <laughs> most beautiful man in the world. He's just kind of like an average looking guy. But now he's next to naked, and you're like, this I think kind of awkward. For I think everybody. I think first off, I think you you're you sound insane right there. He's amazing looking. And the best part about it is you see him in this <laughs> tiny little outfit and this tiny little pair of shorts. But it isn't until about halfway through the song that you're, all your fears are confirmed. And when he turns around, you're like, that is a whole butt. <laughs> that is not covering up his butt in the least. So, the Apple is an amazing movie. It's a little Go something on. for the ladies. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Or the, so or the, the gentlemen. Uh, at this point, Alfie storms out. 
Uh, he refuses to sign, and BB is trained to be a rock star, uh, Boogaloo style. Boogaloo sings a song about how it's great to be a dominating master, and then in in maybe the most I I will say the most upsetting song (laughs) of perhaps the whole movie, where the two people of color in the movie do sing about how great it is to have a master. I will say this movie that I I have said that I enjoy this movie. It is bad. In that way, I will say that is not Oh, wow. You'll, you'll give up some ground over here, guys. No, I will say, listen, sometimes movies are bad in various ways. Sometimes it's the writing. Yeah. Sometimes it's the costumes. And sometimes it is the incredibly problematic themes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's saved because at this point, BB essentially becomes Dazzler from yep. the X-Men. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's just like kind of a disco metal pop singer, and she sings this song that is a very confusing metaphor about America as a kind of drug, or maybe America's uh-huh. the drug addict. And honestly, yep. it feels like a song Meatloaf might have sang, and I genuinely like it a lot. Oh, it's this is so good. It's the best song. I genuinely song. enjoy. It is yeah. the best song. My The best thing about it, and I think it is a super creative, incredibly interesting choice, is the half hitch that it is like... When she says speed, it always comes a little sooner <laughs> than it musically should. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. And I love how all of her backup goes, dancers. Speed! It's like she's bellowing it at you. Oh, it's so good. I feel like all the homophobic former Judas Priest fans just needed to see this sequence to be like, wait a minute. <laughs> Those Backup dancers are dressed exactly like Rob Halford. <laughs> um, but which is awesome. I mean, they got the moves. They got the goods. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. That's all stuff I like about it. This is the one song where I was like, mm, maybe I'll buy the Apple soundtrack and I'll just put this one song on my iPod. And I'll <laughs> it is. The, I, honestly, this song and I'm Coming are, yeah. are the two, in my opinion, Best songs. In this I'm a child movie. of love fan, but we'll get to that later. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. So now uh, so, we cut then, to Alfie well, who wakes up in a soundstage. <laughs> well, before uh, that, before that, uh, BB, BB is so successful that now uh, everyone has to wear a BIM sticker. And we see Alfie's Jewish landlady get a ticket from a police officer who looks like one of the space balls. For not wearing a BIM sticker, mm-hmm. and that and, and that landlady, it's like Alfie. It's like Alfie is renting a room in a Clifford Odets play. It's like this <laughs> rundown stage set of a crappy apartment, and his landlady's like, "No, so you want to cause trouble? Eh, fair. <laughs> it nice does boy. look like they're about like to crazy. cut over a stage left to where his therapist's office is, <laughs> yeah. and there's. <laughs> And when she's when she's asking him for the rent, his his only response is to sneak up behind her, grab her breasts, and then start playing a song on his guitar for her. Now, classic Stuart. Dan move, yeah, he's, he's am I right? What? Now, Stuart, <laughs> please share with us the observation that you made and how it evolved into your understanding of this person. I I mean, obviously, as soon as this character is introduced, I'm like, this is the nurse from Romeo and Juliet, and in fact, she did play the the nurse in Romeo plus Juliet. And as Professor Sprout in uh, the Hogwarts movies starring Harry Potter. I mean, <laughs> the Hogwarts movies. The Hogwarts movies. Parentheses. Feet with Harry Potter. So somebody somebody made it big out of this movie is what I'm saying, guys. I, I will say when I watched this movie and I was like, oh, there's no names in this uh, except for Professor Sprout yeah, yeah, yeah. from the Hogwarts movies. Yeah, apparently. when. 
when I look at the the ruins and devastation of this movie, and I'm like, wow, this earth is barren and salted. No life will grow. No? Nay? What's that sprout of green in the corner? <laughs> yeah, yeah. She it's is, this she's actress whose name I don't remember. The wreckage of the apple. Yeah. Uh, so Alfie sings another song. This is about... Uh, what, how BB has left him for evil? I think, frankly, mm-hmm. yeah, another one of the better songs in the movie. Uh, but it does it does have the wonderful reaction. Song. It has the wonderful reaction that happens. That happens a couple times in this movie where people are like, love songs are out, which has never been a thing <laughs> in all of human history ever. Oh, love bitch. Yeah. Was that the a one, the one subject there will always be songs about? Yeah. Was there like a reactionary movement at in like the late seventies, where they're like, modern music isn't about love enough. Never to answer that question, Stuart. Never. People were like, "Love, that's a hundred million dollars right there." <laughs> we don't like songs that use the word "baby" anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, and uh, my so favorite part Alfie, about that Alfie scene, song is when they say no to Alfie, they do say. Take a listen to what's on the radio and just write that. Where I'm like, he wrote a fucking love song. I don't know what else he wanted. Like, what are you hoping for, dude? Yeah, he's trying to sell his song to now, this uh, alternate, uh, you know, song like publishing thing, I guess. But I'm like, who in this world that is controlled by Bim? Like, how is there any other alternate? music venues that he could go to. Well, do you think they just leave a couple of comp- competing uh like music in like music businesses out there to like music labels to like just so they feel keep alive. Them fresh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, so they can like squash them under their boot anytime they want, but they don't. Yeah. Mhm. It's not it's not the killing, it's the knowing that you can kill. Exactly. So what happens next, Elliot? So next, uh, so Alfie's song is rejected and then he gets a ticket for not having a BIM sticker. Uh-oh. Time for the BIM hour. Movie, Guys, real you quick. You gotta stop in your tracks. How does it, how does the cop not, not, uh, why doesn't he just tell the cop that the BIM sticker's up his butt? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, the cop does say expressly that you can wear the sticker anywhere you want. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think letter of the law, you could trick a cop. Unless, so, theoretically, they might check, in which case, then you'd be busted. However... Well, then you just fart in their face and <laughs> run away giggling. <laughs> Travis well, is a good point. your ankles? <laughs> yeah! Listen, they just had a fart in their face. Yeah. They're not up for a chase. Yeah, don't, t- don't tell me you haven't done that, Elliot. <laughs> I forgot the famous saying, fart in the face, not up for a chase. <laughs> yes, thank you. Now, here's my favorite thing it's about right this movie. with the red sky at dawn, sailor take... Uh, Dawn. Okay. Sailor take pawn 12. Yeah. <laughs> that classic chess move. You can't beat it. Now, here's the thing I love yeah, about this movie. Yeah, red light at Dawn, Sailor take pawn. What, okay, here's what the thing love I love about this movie. When Bim Hour comes, everyone is taken by surprise. <laughs> like, they scheduled a surgery to happen during Bim Hour. During Bim Hour? Schedule around that now, shit. Now, do we make clear what BIM hour is? It's the state mandated no, we haven't. exercise uh, break in the middle of the day where everyone. We uh, do fitness exercises to the BIM song. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's but, basically just everyone dances. It, it, but it's 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 like a put on for everyone, like, ugh, BIM hour, as though this is not happened. This is where time becomes a real sticky wicket. 
because like <laughs> maybe Bim Hour has been going on for, I don't know, eight years. Maybe this is the first time Bim Hours happened. It is unclear. But everyone is, is like say, surprised by it. Everyone, yeah, everyone's taken by surprise. Some are pretty happy about it. But uh, like the like the firefighters who well, are the like firefighters get a nice break from firefighting. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, that's my one. That's the one joke in the movie that I like is that Bim Hour comes and they stop fighting the fire and exercise in front of a burning building. I'm like the apple. I'll give it to you. That's a pretty good joke. I really wish they'd cut to like people inside the building who were like crying out for help and instead they start dancing as well. <laughs> well, we have a similar joke where the person on the slab being operated upon tries to dance and then has a heart attack and dies. Well, another solid goose. assume he dies. Well, yes. We are Show me the grave. The Show it to me. <laughs> it's the exact, yes, I would that, say scene is the, that scene is the mirror opposite of the scene in Break Into Electric Boogaloo where they dance so hard that someone gets brought back to life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they actually film those back to back. <laughs> they only have the yeah. set for the one day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they I just mean, reversed the film uh, from this movie. <laughs> it did make me think that Golan Globus uh, really have a, thing, have a thing for the word boogaloo. This, between this and Break Into. Yeah. They're big boogaloo it's fans. It's a great word. Yeah, oh, it's a great yeah, word. It was Name it was like word. how it was like how com- there was that time where every comedy was like a character needs to be named Chuck. That's really funny, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it rhymes with fuck. <laughs> no, but it rhymes with what? Name funnier than that. Boogaloo. It rhymes with what, Dan? Fuck Travis. It, it rhymes with what? <laughs> I'm sorry, Travis. Say it with confidence, Dan. 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 Say it, Dan. <laughs> Say it, Dan. Travis is bringing a real interesting energy to this one. <laughs> Say it, Dan. I didn't think we were going to have a bu- more of a bully than Everyone. Hodgman on the show. <laughs> Say it, Dan. Fuck. Say- yeah. Yeah, Dan. Yeah, like part of Travis, we play that by Dan's my- older brother, Chet. <laughs> say it into my phone while I record my new ringtone. <laughs> say it, Dan. Okay. Say it for Stuart. Dan. I think I feel like I feel like this episode should just be titled Dan. Dan. Um, say it, okay. Dan. So uh, the so let's see. So after BIM so after hour the BIM workout, done. the BIM workout goes forever. Uh, BB's an hour song. She's ostensibly an hour. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, the BIM yeah, workout goes, goes exactly an hour. That, an hour. that hour somehow, it's almost like it's in real time. Like we experience that full hour during the movie. Uh, but nobody cares about Dandy and Tandy anymore. And they're pretty unhappy about it. And Alfie tries to go save BB, but he's beaten up by a bunch of thugs with fangs. That's right. We got a couple of bright orcs <laughs> working for Boogaloo. One of them is literally named Bulldog. In the most like spot, it, it is though they said... What should we name this character? And they said, well, what does he look like? <laughs> yeah, they these thugs, it feels very much like they're Gamorians. Elliot, thoughts? <laughs> yes. No, I would agree completely. The, if I would say that maybe George Lucas stole the design for the or the idea for the Gamorian guards from these characters. It's possible. Yeah, the- those yeah, those characters' uh, masks are just life casts of these two gentlemen. There, there is a scene where they are wearing what looks like uh, uh, looks like a paperclip, but like a paperclip harness that is uh-huh. exactly like a Grimorian. Like it is literally like the same harness. Yeah, like if I was a kid and I wanted to 
be the Gamorrean guard when I'm playing Star Wars with my friends. And they're all like, why the fuck do you want to be a Gamorrean? I'm like, oh, but it's cool, right? And I take my shirt off and try and make a harness. Yeah. I'd make it out of paper clips. That's exactly <laughs> it, how I would it look. It kind of looks like the Gamorrean guard outfit that they would sell. Like, it's not name brand Gamorrean guard, but you could buy it at like the costume store. <laughs> yeah, that green, was just green like, paper yeah, yeah. guard. <laughs> when you're buying a costume to be a Gamorgan guard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's just called... Angry pig man. <laughs> <laughs> rancor handle. I mean, they're more like rancor expert. food, to be honest. Yeah, okay. Rancor buddies. <laughs> little little rancor oh, buddies. I love that show, Rancor Buddies. Oh, it's so yeah. good. It's it's right up there with Rancor Babies. It's like Tom Hanks and Peter Scurlary pretend to be rancors to get into the rancor uh, sorority. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So sexy. That, hotel, that, that house that only... Sorority. Do you know what Bosom Buddies is about, Dan? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what is it about? They are, they are... It is not a sorority. They are grown men. The uh-huh. apartment building they live in is demolished, and there are no other apartment buildings in the entire city of, I think, Chicago. And so uh, okay. they have to pretend to be women to live in a women's only apartment building. Wait, sorority. hold on. It's not a sorority? Come on. I also <laughs> thought it was a sorority, Dan. <laughs> I, yeah, well. You guys were thinking of the hit film Sorority Boys, starring, I, uh, what's his name? That comedian who was in every movie for a little bit. No, you uh, are wrong. I was actually thinking of the Jason. Oh, no, no, no. Who's the dude? Jason Voorhees? No, the dude from The Single Guy. (laughs) Silverman? Jason Sudeikis? Jonathan Silverman. Jonathan Silverman. He did a movie called Sorority Brother? No, Sorority... No, you're That's thinking, what I was thinking you're of. You're thinking Bro. Soul Man. And it's no, bad. I was not. See Thomas, I Thomas Howell. <laughs> See Thomas Howell do what? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Wazanski. Uh, I imagine that Stuart has been waiting for years for someone to mention C. Thomas Howell. Oh, man, my curse is lifted. How did you not say C. Thomas Howell? Which was his uh, college radio name. <laughs> I'm I'm calling on all the Flophouse listeners, someone with Photoshop skills, to make a children's primer that says C. Thomas Howell, C. Thomas Run. And that kind of thing. <laughs> I'd like to see that. <laughs> okay, you got me. You got me with that one. That was a good one. Um, so... <laughs> What's going on in this movie oh, we're shit, talking yeah. about? Meanwhile okay. in the movie. Uh-huh. Meanwhile in the movie. Back to the uh, movie. Cut to the movie. <laughs> Smash cut. <laughs> now cut to the movie. Now uh, BB has a, a sings a song. This is kind of the somewhere out there of the movie where BB and Alfie both sing a duet from different places. Oh together. yeah, that's oh when with we the Vegas our... rain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's when we did a big hug here yeah. at uh, Flophouse Manor. Yeah, it's true. When when Alfie a lot was more singing s- in the rain. Yeah, there was yeah. a lot more snuggling involved in this uh, watching East, the There was a lot of snuggling. It took here. a lot of coaxing to get Dan into that snuggle. <laughs> and he was in the middle too, so you can imagine how that went. Yeah. Yeah, we're not oh, a so we're not a small sorry, headed it. trio over here. <laughs> no, you were there, Elliot. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, we got a we printed out <laughs> a picture scared. of you and we we snuggled that. Meanwhile, back. uh Alfie's landlady nurses him back to health with chicken soup because she's Jewish. And Alfie goes to, this is when he goes to the big drag party at Mr. Boogaloo's to try to free BB, but he gets drunk and he's confused by what he's seeing, all these, all these men who don't look quite like men, and gets seduced by Tandy, and who sings uh-huh. uh, the, the Coming For You song. Which is, I, in my opinion, 
the best song in the movie. Yeah. These well, are the most explicit lyrics I think of any song it may be ever written. Yeah, no, 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 no. This, I, I'll steal a joke from Buffy here. They call it a single entendre. Mm-hmm. It is the most direct, like, sex. It, it is though they said, well, we want to write a sex song. But what if people don't get it? Don't worry. <laughs> They're going to get it. We've got it. Don't worry. The lyrics are like, I'll get you when you when you think you can't. Uh, you don't have any more. You're like, then I'll go deeper and tighter and wetter. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Come on. <laughs> let's let's run these lyrics by the boys over at ZZ Top who brought us Pearl Necklace and Tube Snake Boogie. <laughs> <laughs> the first line might as well have been, put your penis inside me. Wait, what's this song about? <laughs> I'm really glad that we now uh, have uh, Travis singing that on tape. I just love this song so much. This is speed i think are the two best songs ever by humans the oh, yeah. so this is where he, yeah this is where he goes on his that are better but this is it. where he goes on his like literal descent this is uh, alfie's like lowest point where he has like a descent wow. into hell his like vision blurs he is surrounded yeah. by like leering faces. But he never undresses in this whole sequence. <laughs> there is one point that I still love because of the imagery of it. I'm trying so hard to understand where uh, Tandy is laid on her back with her head hung over mm-hmm. the bed and she's singing and she seems to be climaxing. And then she and Alfie both set up. So they've both been laying on their backs. Mm-hmm. And it makes it unclear to me how they might have been engaging in any kind of coitus. <laughs> yeah, like, what is this, some kind of Alan Moore comic book? What's going on? It, it seems as though they were both just staring at the ceiling where they have stuck glow-in-the-dark stars to yeah. somehow imitate constellations. I loved, I loved during that sex song where it has those shots of, it looks like a constellation, to use your word again, because yes. you said it, and I can't not say it now, uh, of beds where... Almost naked men are writhing around with women in pretty covering teddies. Nighties, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, simulating sex, kind of, like ba- basically performing the moves that, say, somebody who's never had sex before would be like, yeah, this is probably how it works. <laughs> it, it more seems like they're simulating <laughs> Greco-Roman wrestling. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it looks, yeah, it, well, it looks kind of like, I don't know, paintings of sex that you'd see on, on the outside of an urn. Yeah. Yes, it does seem like they've just cut to Xanadu. Yeah. Yes, what is going on? It looks on like what happens movie. if you hit the right button combinations for King in the Tekken video games <laughs> and he starts performing some kind of complicated throw. <laughs> it's a great movie now, is uh, what you, we're you saying. Guys, that, that, that reminds me of my favorite moment from that sequence, which is when uh, Tandy is wearing like a dress and she takes it off to reveal a kind of jumpsuit that is so much less sexy than the dress she was wearing she, over it. She is wearing a pink singlet underneath her dress. <laughs> Once again, as though she is ready to wrestle like, Alfie. Is she, like, does she sleep in that? What's going on with that thing? <laughs> What's her deal? Is she made out of silly putty? What's going on? Uh, yeah, so... She is so Clayface. Uh, <laughs> so, so at this so point, he's, he has so they, seduced they have, her, right? They have... Like she seduced, and she, much as she, in the film, much much as in the Steven Soderbergh film Traffic, rock bottom is is uh, illustrated by someone having sex with a black person, which is again a plot <laughs> point I'm not crazy about. Well, yeah. and also you get uh, the added the added shittiness of like he has just slept with another woman, 
And then he walks into a room to find BB clearly drugged up, having sex with another man. And his reaction is so judgmental as though he has not also <laughs> yeah. just been drugged up having sex with another person. Like, how do you not in that moment be like, yes, I'm here too. I'm getting you out of here. And I, the thing that I find the most traumatic about this situation, the thing that I just don't understand and almost made me throw up when I try to contemplate the mysteries of it is he walks into this room. Nothing up to this point would indicate that these people wouldn't just want to have a threesome. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, that's the thing. It's like he 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 looks at her having sex with with her with him as though this is the first kind of thing. Like he hasn't braced himself for yes, in this sexual romp I've been engaged in in the last six minutes. Mm -hmm. There, she might maybe be having sex. Like he has not braced himself <laughs> for this particular moment in any way. Like he was going to walk in and they were playing backgammon. Like, uh -huh. I don't know what he thought was going on, but he yeah. was like, whoa, oh, and then he just leaves. It's like, I thought they were just singing partners. <laughs> that's my, oh, alpha, no, that's my I did Alfie see impression. you guys making out, but 45 minutes ago. Yeah. So uh, yeah, he pieces out. And, uh, he leaves. This terrifying uh, situation has cleansed him and he, he leaves and then wakes up in a park full of refugee hippies. They're just and, kind of like yeah, leftover hippies. Yeah, this uh, this guy who's clearly wearing heavy uh, stage makeup wakes him up. This uh, this elderly man well, with and like we also get, a putty we get the nose. Wonderful jump of like, oh, she's having sex with Tandy or whatever. And Dandy. then he's on a bench, and he's like, and they were like, you were calling out her name in a dream, and he's like, no, I wasn't dreaming. It's like, <laughs> okay, we were just watching the scene. Are you trying to convince us that that was a dream and maybe he didn't sleep? What's going on? What is this? Like, <laughs> yeah, the the stage makeup on this Gandalf fellow looks like what would happen if uh, Gandalf was one of the vampires on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Why do you keep saying Gandalf as though he wasn't Tom Bombadil? Oh, well, he was Tom Bombadil. He is carrying a dagger like Tom Bombadil would. So I assumed he was the old man with all the cats from Logan's Run, but I, Tom Bombadil was a better. <laughs> he was actually old yeah. man Logan. Um, strangely, that's why the claws came out of his he's hands also, in that one. And he's the head of this hippie like enclave, and they're supposed to be these peaceful, wonderful people. But he always has a huge knife strapped to his waist. Well, and what's great then is he's hanging out with uh, with Alfie, and then the cops show up, and they're all like, "Okay." Bye, and they leave their fires burning in the middle of this park. It's clearly a park. There are Public no woods. Yeah. There are no woods, and they're just like, find us under the bridge. And it's like, Alfie, just go. <laughs> just what? go with them. Just go with like, Alfie. You see everyone, literally everyone else is running away from the police, and you just sit there. And then the cops literally say, like, hey, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, there is, it's not like he gets arrested and when he frees himself he has to go find them the cops are just like hey go <laughs> hey, do you, did you Scat. hear what they said about the bridge go there shoot <laughs> go to the bridge go on get <laughs> get along but this is also this is so let's for a second let's take a moment and just look at what the hero of the movie has done throughout the film he grabbed his landlady's boobs as a joke <laughs> uh -uh. yeah uh, which is enough to get you kicked out of the senate he uh, <laughs> he slept with a woman and then just left and was like, I hate you, you suck. And then he's just sitting there while campfires are burning around him. Abandoned fires in a public park, and he's just like, I'll just let this burn. I don't care. 
He's a bad dude. I don't like him. <laughs> well, not only that, but he reacts to the police showing up to this as though he has not had a run-in with the cops up to this point. As though the cops showing up was, okay, the way that the hippies react. It's good for him. But the way the hippies react is like a ghost hunter and they are ghosts. And they're like, oh, we're banished. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, what's going on? And it's like, it's the police. You and know that, what this, you know what You know what's going to happen. They're going to come and ask you where your bin mark is. And you're going to say, up my butt. And they're going to look at it. Right you're going to fart in their face. And you're going to run away. You fart on their face. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works. Same old, same old. Same old. So then they're like, hey, uh, so, uh, find me at the bridge. And the cops are like, hey, go to the bridge. <laughs> yeah. Uh, BB uh, decides that she wants to leave. And uh, Tandy, the female singer, helps her escape because sex with Alfie has changed her and made her a good person again. And mm-hmm. uh, BB is like, come with me. And she goes, no, it's too late for me. And they sing a duet about how their heart has changed and BB has finally found her. I, I, I do want to acknowledge that moment because it is. In all of this movie, maybe the least explained moment of the entire movie, where Tandy is in the elevator with her and says, <laughs> it's too late for me. Yeah, she's, she's can't escape with, with, uh, with BB. BB's like, come with me. It's too late for me. You are in the elevator. You're not, we have not seen you. In she any way controlled by this? She or meant in, literally too late. It was, you know, it was, it's not, too it was late. 9 p.m. And she just, you know, she's getting older. She doesn't <laughs> like to leave her apartment when she's like, already there. No, fuck that. And press the door close button. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Nah, shut up. <laughs> door close. And the, <clears throat> what I loved about this scene is the majordomo character, uh, who I think if you looked up in a dictionary, an image of a majordomo, I think this guy just totally fits the bill. He is wearing a the oh, yeah. ti- tiny all over his face, just the, bikini briefs. That kind the of tiniest thing. bikini briefs and a robe that Let's looks. Let's talk about this robe. It looks it looks pretty impressive from the front, <laughs> and then he spins around, and on the back there's a large image, and it says "Amazing Stories" across yes! the back. <laughs> it is the best. <laughs> this guy is, and and what's great? Like, about was this? he part of the crew on Amazing Stories? <laughs> was that their crew this? gift? I wish that this was challenged because there is a moment. Where that major drama says, no, let her go. And BB leaves. And then they don't ever get BB back. <laughs> and I want to see a scene with Boogaloo where it's like, where's BB? And he's like, well, I thought this would go <laughs> differently, but I, told- I did say, let her go. And you know what? In retrospect, boss, that's on me. That's my fault. I was I, I was playing hard to get. <laughs> I he's said the guy in Star Wars was like, <laughs> I oh, it's an empty pod, just let it go. Reverse psychology on her. <laughs> I thought she would uh, be and back. And that's of course when Mr. Boogaloo would say, but I want my BB back, BB back, BB back. I want my BB back. BB back ribs. What's barbecue great sauce. Is my daughter's <laughs> name is BB, and Stuart numerous times throughout this movie looked at me and said, So you named her after this movie. <laughs> and I can't refute that. I don't think I did, but I have seen this movie a lot, so maybe? Yeah, you did. Uh, you didn't name your daughter while in an ayahuasca trance, so you can't confirm <laughs> how you named her. Me and the woman from Romeo <laughs> plus <laughs> Julia. <laughs> yep. sitting- oh, my God. It all makes so much sense now. You're right. 
So, it was either going to be Alfie now, or Baby Newworth. Uh, baby Newworth is going to be listening to this episode and be like, "Not after me!" And it's going to just crush her. <laughs> nah, it's Baby Newworth. Don't even fry. So, oh my god, have you seen Chicago? Whoa, forget about it. Yeah, it's a windy city. Great. So the <laughs> BB goes oh, so, running off. So Alfie and BB both make their way to the uh, Zardoz-like hippie enclave that they uh-huh. all live in a cave. And it's fine because, as their leader says, these people don't like television. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I want to talk about my favorite thing in this movie. Child of Love. Child of Love is incredible. But, one, uh, Alfie grows the fakest, biggest beard. But then they have a child. <laughs> their child. Listen, uh, Elliot, you and I are both fathers. How old is that oh, sure, child? Yeah. So yeah, as Travis the is saying, there is yes. a. Well, no, a, I mean, what does the baby look like? Like, yeah. So the after the baby have a child, child in the final scene of the movie, how old is that child? Oh, at least thirty-two. Okay, <laughs> this so is this another child one of those. Is easily three years old. All right. No, and yeah, they, there's their newborn baby looks like a is a is past toddler age. Like they should they're, be looking. Their newborn baby is walking and talking. Guys, and, is this a backdoor pilot for Travis and Elliot? Guess the age of babies. <laughs> yeah, guess that. I don't think baby. it's going that well. And so this baby, full head of hair, uh, three feet tall, mm-hmm. uh, and then <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's like, hey ma, ma, can I get some milk? And then John Bombadil says to the cops. <laughs> Why, baby's been with us for a year. A year? That's nine months of baby gestation. That baby is maybe three months old in your timeline, John Bombadil. I mean, it's, I mean, follow the breadcrumbs, Travis. That baby is obviously Dandy's baby. Well, that's what I'm saying. Wouldn't it be so much better? Oh, wait. But even then, maybe a year. Yeah, even maybe the timeline doesn't match up. At most, it's, it's a lot a like year how old. in a. It's like how in a Superman Returns, Lois Lane's boyfriend thinks that her child is his when it's clearly Superman's. And the whole time, I was like, "Did you two have sex with her on the same night? Like, how could he think this?" <laughs> they did. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember that movie that much. But I do remember when they revealed that the kid has magic powers, and I'm like, yeah, no shit, movie. Well, the kid has magic powers, but also <laughs> asthma. Oh, right. If I remember correctly, so I assume, because I've been watching a lot of Smallville, that asthma inhaler has kryptonite rocks, and it meteor rocks, <laughs> as they say, and he developed it from that, oh. or it's been... He somehow, gets his asthma from Tom the Earth's Welling yellow sun. What? <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys not want to talk about Smallville? Because I will. <laughs> who is who is the bald fellow on that show? On Smallville? Yeah. Well, that was Michael Rosenbaum. No. Who's the character? Lex Luthor. Montel Williams. <laughs> no, right. It's Alexander Lex Luthor. Alexander Luthor. So, but wait. That's strange because in the comics, Lex Luthor is a man. He's like an old man. But imagine. <laughs> okay. Okay. So you know how Superman wasn't always Superman, but at one point was a Superboy. Is that true? It is true. <laughs> well, not according thinking. to current continuity. Okay. Hey, Elite, could you stay out of this? The comic book nerds are talking. <laughs> okay. Now imagine Superboy, right? Okay. Yeah, I can imagine it. Now imagine Lex Boy. <laughs> Lex a character Lex I have Boy. created. Lex is, Boy, come home. It is a whole new IP. <laughs> and it's young Lex Luthor, and he's sexy. So sexy. Oh, and he's got a great voice, 
And yeah, he's bald, but Just he call him is sex fucking <laughs> Elliot. <laughs> Elliot. I am talking about comics. You stick to sports, sir. This is my time. Yeah, you meathead. You're right. I got to stay in my lane. Got to stay okay. in my lane. Okay. So. Okay. Lex so, is so sexy. Lex, sex okay. boy. And he's a young vampire. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes. He's a child of the night. Beat him. <laughs> Elliot. <laughs> Elliot, please. So. Lex is a young vampire, and Superman is a young vampire, and they kiss a lot. <laughs> okay. I think I've read this fanfic. Uh-huh. And isn't also, that, isn't that Elliot! Riverdale? Elliot, please! <laughs> and also Green Lantern's there, and he's okay. sexy and a vampire. Mm-hmm. And they're kissing. And, and then they're in space. Can... Can Sephiroth from Final Fantasy VII show Hell yeah, up? Yeah, you can, and Sonic's there too. <laughs> oh wow! But they're mortal enemies, Travis. How would that I know, shake but out? They fight so hard they kiss. <laughs> that happens when they're both going after those rings. Yes, but then they're going after each other's rings. <laughs> okay. Okay, Elliot, what were you saying about football? <laughs> anyway, I think maybe uh, since we have, I think, a minute left in the movie, let's just finish that up. Okay. Uh, so they're in the park. It's been a year later. They have a three-year-old baby, and <laughs> Boogaloo shows up with the cops. He says, we're going to sue you for breach of contract, because I guess there was a clause in the contract that says she couldn't go run off and live in a cave with a bunch of stone caveman hippies. Uh, but then, uh-oh, Mr. Tops is coming. Now, Mr. Tops, you may think, is a cartoon rabbit. That's what I thought at first, the first time I saw this. But no, Mr. Tops is a kind of uh, Elton John-looking god character who flies and, in in a magic limousine. And what's and amazing about this, is led to, give, a, give it, to give credit where credit is due to how ridiculous this movie is, There, this is one of those many moments where you think, I must have missed something because Alfie out of- Yeah, there the, must have been a reference. Right, but there is not. Alfie out of nowhere says, he's going to come- Mr. Tops. And I will say, in one of the few cogent mo- moments of this movie, <laughs> BB says, Who's Mr. Tops? <laughs> and we, the audience, are left wondering, Yes, I also agree with mm-hmm. that question. And he says, Don't worry, Mr. Tops is coming in what must have been 45 minutes of cut footage. Yeah. yeah, and then a one hundred percent realistic car comes flying into this into the through the sky, and a man exits that vehicle midair and walks down to the ground. The whole thing <laughs> looks amazing. Yeah. I, I I should say right now, oh, seamless. And this is very late spoiler alert, but watch this movie <laughs> because <laughs> what we are describing now to you're like, oh, they've skipped so much. No, no, no. No, my friends, join us on this metaphysical journey. Yeah, this is this is the moment where I'm like, this is weird, because if Neil Breen had made this movie, he would be this character, but he would have also been all the other characters. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is the Prince of uh, so, Egypt moment um, in which he is both Moses and also God. So Mr. Tops, he's, he comes by, and he it's kind of like if God was... A, a middle-aged porn producer on his way to the adult <laughs> video awards. <laughs> like he's just wearing like a gold tuxedo and he has this kind of puffy, uh, like middle-aged Albert Finney look. And I will say, the actor playing Mr. Tops, I think does a great job in his few moments of time <laughs> as 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 God. He brings and, a certain uh, gravity the, to the role. It's hard to do because he, 
He's essentially doing the same thing that Ralph Richardson does at the end of Time Bandits. And he's kind of almost as good, I'll say. Hot take. Well, that's the thing. It's here. I will say, if there had been mm, three references to Mr. Tops before this moment. Yeah. <laughs> if there had been any <clears throat> passing reference, mm-hmm. this, this actor would be like, oh, shit. Give that guy an, like a Golden Globe and uh, a, a Golden Globus, a daytime <laughs> something. <laughs> and uh, so, and he says, uh, so Miss, Mr. Tops comes down and he says, all you hippies go. I'm going to start a new planet for you somewhere without Mr. Boogaloo. And Mr. Boogaloo says, but the world can't exist without me. And Mr. Tops says, let's give it a try. Now here what's great here's what's great about that. This does not <laughs> adhere to a single goddamn religion that exists in the world. <laughs> yeah. Because there is not yeah, a religion the that's like comet guys. Mm, okay, yeah, okay, that's fair. Because uh, listen, I wouldn't call myself an expert, but I don't think there is a single maybe, yes, the well, Obop comet, the uh the Heaven's Gate people, but everyone else is like, I don't think God just bops from planet to planet well, this is looking what, for a place without the devil. This is what I turned to Travis at the end of the movie, and I'm like, so wait, and Travis could anticipate my objection, which was, okay, this is God. Like, why can't he just get rid of Mr. Boogaloo on uh-huh. Earth rather than just being like, peace out, we're going to a different planet? That's not God's way, Dan. <laughs> Damn. Whoa, no, that's that's Dan. It, Tell me it. about God, Dan. I guess I guess God does uh, allow uh, for free will. God so. works in mysterious ways, Dan. Yeah. Hey guys, what if God Dan, was one of us? Name one time God. <laughs> what, you mean like just a stranger on the bus? Mm-hmm. Where's he going? <laughs> no answer I to like the question. How you reacted <laughs> as though you had a delay with Dan and not just. Like Dan asked you a direct question, Stuart, and you just didn't respond. I'm like, wait, I have something really exciting on my phone going on. Oh, an update. Might as well get on this. Wait, was it is it, is it wait, is it a software update or is it like an update from like the New York Times or something? A software update. Okay. Wait, you can get updates from the New York Times? Directly. What do they say? Push notifications. They say, hi Dan, just checking no, no, in. How's your day? Dan, when the New York Times says, stop writing to us, we're not interested. That's not an update. <laughs> okay. Hey, don't well, be mean to Dan. This, but anyway. <laughs> in this scenario, sorry, sorry, what I am I saying? Don't be mean to Dan. In this scenario, what am I sending the New York Times that they're Shut not Shut up, interested? Dan. Oh, God. This is between me and Elliot, I'm gonna Dan. Like, I'm going to guess poems. Okay. Mm-hmm. Your beautiful, beautiful poems, Dan. And they're like. Sorry, sir, but the title Dan in Real Life has already been taken by a movie Your about pancakes. Are beautiful, sir. <laughs> uh, uh, now, so and that's the end of the apple. Everyone that's the end goes of the on. Apple. The good people all go off into the uh, into into the another planet, limousine heaven, and Mister Boogaloo is left <laughs> to enjoy running the world of disco and amazing dancing. Listen, I don't. I don't think we're doing it justice. How much the end of this movie is literally like the joke end of a movie for someone in a movie who can't figure out how to end their movie. This is literally like, and then God shows up, yep. and they all get in a car and float off into space. Yeah. It is the most. It is the most like joke, but serious ending. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have 
ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, uh, we were saying, you know, it's a literal deus ex machina. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah, Stephen King's like, hmm, thumbs up to this ending. <laughs> Wraps it, it up with a bow. a god in the machine, and the machine is a Lincoln Continental. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, God, we've gone long. There's something great about that shot of the ghost hippies walking Tom through the sky, and I'm like, <laughs> like, I think the filmmakers assume this is supposed to, like, capture everybody's imagination, but it just looks really bad. Well, it's like they no. Called, and it lo- it, it's 1979, they called a young M. Night Shyamalan and said, <laughs> what's a twist we might put in this movie? And he yep. said, get this! Yep. Hey, Gov! Hey, he was M. a young N- British boy. M. Night, you know that movie ending you've been looking for? Well, listen to this. Oi, maybe make Mr. Dawson God. I gov. I like this character. Now here's I, I'm drunk. Here's what the ending. What I what I like about this ending is the movie ends on the image of a crowd of people shuffling off to nowhere, looking pretty depressed, much like the audience of the Apple. I assume walked out of the original screening, just like. Oh, it was like the filmmakers were like, let me give you a little taste of your future. You're going to walk out in a row and you're going to be real unhappy about it. That audience, after hurling copies of the complimentary The Apple soundtrack <laughs> they were given, hurling enough of them that it apparently damaged the screen. That is true. <laughs> that is real. There are so many wonderful facts about it. This movie was a tax shelter. Um, it got booed at its first screening. As Stuart said, they, they damaged... The screen. Dan, uh, before we do final judgments, I want to list some of the uh, taglines for this movie that you right, might sure. see on a quick, poster or quick something. Go through those. A funky fantasy that'll rock your world. Nice. <laughs> it's 1994. The future yeah. is music, and music is their future. What? This one's confusing. Eat it. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> oh, because it's an owl. Yeah, the okay. Apple. Not just, not just big fans of Weird Al. This one's weird. <laughs> not just <laughs> go fuck yourselves. Hey, fuck off. <laughs> this, this one will get you in the theater. The Power of Rock in 1994. That is actually still on the DVD, which I will present to both yeah. of you at the end of this evening. Oh wow! Thanks. Uh, the Power What's of Rock. What's amazing about the that tagline is. The the power of rock in 1994 is a pretty great tagline because you're like, yeah, Nirvana. That sounds awesome. <laughs> Perfect. Well, what I love about this movie is uh, Stuart. Well, I love many things about this movie, but Stuart texted me a couple days ago to say, hey, have you checked your copy? <laughs> because Elliot's copy that you sent him does not work. <laughs> no. Which was very telling to me. Like Elliot's the movie in general. <laughs> Elliot's DVD player is like. No, I'm looking out for you <laughs> no, on this one, off. buddy. <laughs> um, I put it in the DVD player multiple times, and each time it said, no disc. And I'm like, come on, DVD the, player. The DVD player's like, cannot violate the ro- cannot violate the laws of robotics. They wish that there was a button that <laughs> just allow said you yes. to come to harm. I wish there was just a button that said, yes, disc. So it was like, no disc. Mm, yes, disc. <laughs> um, so we should do final judgments. The best! Uh, is this a good bad movie, a bad bad movie, or a movie you kind of like? It uh, was spookily good bad. Did I do that right? Yeah, you, that was perfect. <laughs> wow, okay. Travis is uh, right out of the you gate. Did. I will say, I'll agree with Travis. This is a good bad movie. It's kind of the like, it's it's the perfect movie to watch with a bunch of people and make jokes. 
Yeah, I agree. It's a good, bad movie. Uh, you'll be transfixed by... There's always something weird going on. And <laughs> I love... <laughs> okay. What? Here's why that tickled me so sure. much. You could have just said, I agree, it's a good, bad movie. But then you spun into this, like, Siskel and Ebert-esque review, like, there's always something. <laughs> <laughs> there's always something weird going on. That's the fucking pull quote. Put it on the DVD. Mm-hmm. Elliot? And, yeah, I... Uh... I'd say also a good bad movie. If it's it's a movie that uh, still manages to entertain despite as as I say being like it has a message that I don't agree with because to be honest I think I'd much rather stay on Boogaloo's world uh, than go up into limousine heaven with uh, with Mister Tops. But it's a good bad movie to watch. Like I said, it has a bunch of songs where the where the lyrics are nonsensical, and then one super sexy song that's not very good, and then one song that's genuinely um, a meatloaf level rocker. I, I actually have now been convinced this is a shitty movie. <laughs> um, it has many problematic moments that I do not adhere to. No one should watch this movie. <laughs> um, thank you, Elliot, for wow. ruining a movie that I used to enjoy, but now I realize is bad. Um, wow, this, this is, is the first yeah, full-on no. flip-flop on the flop house. I thought this was a good movie, a good, bad movie, but now I realize it is bad. Um, thank you so much, Elliot, for ruining a brief moment of joy that I found in this uh, dark world, but now I find is bad, um, and I never, now, in retrospect, enjoyed a moment of my life. So thank you. Yeah, yeah. Travis calls Elliot out for virtue signaling. Uh, Dan, what's the next Dan. part of this podcast? <laughs> Yeah, Mark. Hey, buddy. Oh, hey, what's up, man? Um, so I'm at this mafia restaurant. What? I'm going to go in and ask these guys what they think the best pasta shape is. Mark, they're probably eating. I it's... have a hunch that it's probably ravioli, but I mean, you know what? That's a good idea. Whatever they're eating, I'll just take a look in their bowls Why don't and you... see what they have. Maybe... There's supposed to be a big meeting there today. Can you see it from the street? That sounds really dangerous. So I'm just going to go inside and ask. Don't don't bother them. They're probably eating, you well, know. Look, I'm not threatened by them. How about we tell them what the best pasta is on our podcast? We got this with Mark and Hal. Oh, that's a great idea. Thank God. Tuesdays at 9? On MaximumFun.org. Following the news is hard and it sucks. How do you know which stories are important? Which sources do you trust in this post-truth world of reactionary journalism? I'm Brett Black. And I'm Travis McElroy. And we host a podcast called Trends Like These. We cover trending news stories. We debunk misleading clickbait headlines. And we always try to throw in a little bit of good news. In our quest for truth. So join us every week on MaximumFun.org or wherever podcasts are found. Uh, now uh, we uh, thank our sponsors. What do we do now, Dan? <laughs> well, Dan. we talk about our sponsors. Oh, Dan. great. Um, <laughs> and one of them is Blue Apron. Oh, oh Blue Apron. I love Blue Apron. <laughs> well, well, you want to hear me talk about Blue Apron, Dan? Sure. sure. Why don't you uh, talk about them a hey, little bit? Do you guys like food? Yep. Sure. Be honest. <laughs> I mean, okay, you yeah, got me. Okay. I'm honest. Okay. You know how you I like can only food? be me, baby. You know how you like food, but you don't know where it comes from? Yep. Uh-huh. Right? And you just, like, wake up and food's there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Comes from Blue Apron. <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. It's the only place to get food, you guys. In this cool. post-apocalyptic world. 
Yep. <laughs> that we live in. Yep. Blue apron is the only option left to us. Yep. You got to put a blue apron mark on your forehead. That's true. And you wear mm-hmm. that blue yep. apron mark, uh, that blam mark. Yep. And it comes, and the food comes, and you don't question it. Well, okay. not quite. Dan, <laughs> okay. don't question it. It's pre-portioned ingredients with uh-huh. all the instructions right there. Um, it is, listen, good food. You uh-huh, don't have sure. to know how to cook. It yep. just comes to you, and you don't question it. And you make <laughs> the food, and you don't question it. Uh, but what do you have to do, Dan? Well, I also want to mention. Instead of questioning. Dan. I also want to just mention that for eight weeks, uh, and that's ending on February the 26th, Blue Apron is teaming with Whole30 to bring you delicious recipes. Uh, the menu will oh, feature cool. two Whole30 approved recipes each week, like chicken and kale orange salad with spicy tahini dressing. Sounds delicious. Kickstart <laughs> your new year with Blue Apron and Whole30, and uh, Flophouse listeners can get $20 off their first order by visiting Blue Apron. Blueapron.com mm-hmm. yep. slash Flophouse. Mm-hmm. Say it again, Dan. <laughs> so check out this week's menu. Uh-huh. And get your $30 off yep. uh-huh. with free shipping uh-huh. at Blueapron.com slash Flophouse. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. I think the first time I said $20 off, it is $30 off. You know Whoa. what I like about that, Dan? Can I tell you? What? When you said tahini, it reminded me of tahani, uh-huh. like from Good Place. Yeah. It's Uh-oh. not a fun joke. It's just, I'm just saying. No, it just reminded you of a thing that it gave you It just reminded me of how much I like the good place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. You know what and I like? how much I you know disliked about the book, that, Dan, the good is earth. I liked, Anyways. Uh-huh. Dan, I liked that you misread a number that was right in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's Dan in this room. Uh, let's now see. No, yeah, and twos look a lot like threes. I get it. It's okay. There's a curve. Uh, we've got another sponsor, <laughs> and it's called ZipRecruiter. Oh, I love ZipRecruiter. Can yeah. I tell you about ZipRecruiter? Sure. sure. In this post-apocalyptic world, mm-hmm. when you need people to guard your gates from, mm-hmm. you know, wasteland zombies. Yep. And, yeah. But you don't know how to hire those people. No. Okay. Right? No. So you go to ZipRecruiter, and you put in, like, neandzombiesnipers.com. Uh-huh. And ZipRecruiter is going to provide those for you. No questions asked. Don't know why you put those. That's my favorite thing about ZipRecruiter. No questions (laughs) asked. Yeah. Dan, go on. Well, uh, ZipRecruiter does all this by posting your job to over 100 job boards with just one click. No questions asked. (laughs) They actively look for the most qualified candidates and invite them to apply. No questions asked. No wonder 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. One question asked. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And right now... Our listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. Mm-hmm. That's right. The cost is free. Yep. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Flophouse. That's ZipRecruiter.com. And how much does that cost? Slash Flophouse. It's free. That's zero dollars. Flophouse or free? Zero questions Well, you had asked. interrupted me right in the middle of my ad read. <clears throat> is, I just, it, wait, so. <laughs> so ask my a question, question that has been answered it, twice. <laughs> how many then, questions asked, it, is Dan? It, Twice? Okay. Is it okay. slash flop house or slash frop house? Because you said both. <laughs> Actually, Actually both, that's both a, will take you there. Dan, really I was watching him right now. He just bought the URL. <laughs> yeah. So, I think the next part of this podcast is Jumbotron. Jumbotron. 
Okay, and we got a Jumbotron. It is. Jumbotron. Thank <laughs> you. Sorry, guys. I had a delay. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird that you're the one who has a lag. Yeah. Talking to Elliot over Skype. Why well, I wasn't paying attention. Okay. Okay, guys. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. When are we going to do the Jumbotron? <laughs> oh, boy. Is that coming up? Oh, man. Yeah, it's coming up. Because there's uh, a lag on this end. Okay. Oh, uh, do you have lag? Mm-hmm. Cage Match Cast is a podcast for people who wish Cagemas was year-round. Each week, a new movie steps into our audio steel cage to face-slash-off against a Nicolas Cage movie. Cage Match Cast, a Nick Cage podcast for your ears and your mind. So why don't you guys go subscribe to Cage Match Cast on iTunes today? Sounds like a good choice. I love me some Nicolas Cage. Elliot, I believe you also have a message. I do. I have a personal message. Mm -hmm. This is a personal message. Dan, if you could please be quiet, because this is kind of personal. And I I need a moment. (laughs) So, Dan, if you could could not butt in, this is pretty personal. Uh, This message is for... Okay, I won't butt in. Oh, boy. (laughs) Uh, This message is for Tacoma, and the message is from some husband. And the message goes like this. This isn't revenge for the time you paid the McElboys $100 to shame me about finding out what all of my Xmas presents were a few years ago. It's to shame you for not liking the new Mario, you monster. And also, happy B-Day, happy V-Day, that's the V as in Valentine's, and happy haberdashery. That's from Tacoma to some husband. I'm so glad I can be here. Tacoma, we're (laughs) even. (laughs) Tacoma. No questions asked. <laughs> We're even. I'm coming for you. Wow, the wow. weird thing is Travis is making eye contact with Dan the whole time when he said that. <laughs> Tacoma, I'm going to kill Dan <laughs> because of the thing you did. Dan's uh, dead. Seems, seems fair. I guess yeah, that's I mean, that's the, the laws of the wasteland. You, Dan. I've had a good run. So. You haven't. <laughs> I'm sorry, Have you, Dan? Dan? Have you really? I don't know. Let's ask Dan's well, two friends both named Emmy. When like... we come back next week, has Dan <laughs> had a good run? Yeah, I mean, I'd say up until like, you know, two or three years ago, I had a pretty good run. <laughs> Actually, I would say when you were 12, you were doing great. Yeah. yeah. And then it all went downhill. <laughs> oh, boy. Back when you were 12 and everyone was like, that kid's got knees for days. <laughs> these are gonna take him forever so what's the next you know those knees you were looking for well listen to this (laughs) look at i can't i can't hear anything uh so what's the next part of the bees what do we what do we do now danny uh now we've got some letters from listeners listeners like you Mm -hmm. um the first (laughs) well not you Stuart. letters Well, Stuart's not a listener. Stuart's a host. I was going to do a song, but... Yeah. Yeah, what's what's stopping you? Elliot just bulldozes over us. Yeah, not now. I was going to do a whole thing. Oh, now you're embarrassed. (laughs) That went like, letters. No, no, go for it. Go for it. Fuck! (laughs) (laughs) It was going to be great. It was going to be like into the woods kind of thing. With like a whole motif about how letters are scary, but the way is clear, but letters. Yeah. That's weird because I got a message. Yeah, I'm not done. I have a message from your brothers. They say you would totally chicken out of doing a song if you met the least amount of resistance. We've got letters. (laughs) 
God damn it, Elliot. <laughs> no, uh, how about Elliot? You just do it if you're such a big man. Uh, you're so brave. Dan, stay out of this. Okay. Dan, this is between me and Elliot. Prove look, yourself. Look, Travis, hey, we could fight about this. And yeah, I'd win that fight. But I think I want to show you that you've got the strength and you've got the confidence. You've got the ability inside you. So I'm going to give you a second chance at life, love, and song about letters. Well, should we sing a letter song together with 30 second lag? I would love to, except occasionally the Skype call has been blipping out, but we can try our best. Okay. On let's call three. this duet. Let's call let's call this duet uh Skype lag for letters. Okay, on three. One, two, three. Letters. We've got letters. letters. It's got time letters. for letters, and we're so excited to bring letters to you. The listener. And you. And you. And us. And us. And, and you. It's a, and it's the letters. And it's time for Dan to read the letters. Dan, take it away. Guys, I just I just got a message. The audience's heartbeat reached over 150. <laughs> Mr. Boogaloo. <laughs> All right. This letter. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Letters on the way. Oh, God. <laughs> this letter is from Sarah, last name withheld, who writes, My husband is a huge fan of your show and has been following you for years and years and years. He's turned several of his friends into fans, one of whom was once referenced on your show bumping into Elliot's on a Popeye's run. It, uh, oh, yeah. We, we both love your... he turned another of his friends into a jack-in-the-box and then wished him to the cornfield. <laughs> We both love your humor, wit, and whimsy. My husband's 35th birthday is on February 26th. Gross. And I'd love to make him a Flophouse-themed birthday party. (laughs) Okay. I'm not quite sure what that would entail, but I was wondering if you had any suggestions or merchandise available that I could purchase to make it seem more official. Much love, Sarah Last Name Withheld. Well, we do have merchandise, but I don't feel like we should. If we were smarter, we would have merchandise. I didn't hear my name in that at all. (laughs) Oh, but this is where, Travis, you can suggest Flophouse-related birthday-type stuff. Okay, here's what you do. Have Uh some Popeyes. Mm -hmm. That's that's Elliot. Mm -hmm. Grab a bit of beer, and that's Stuart. Uh And maybe feel bad about those, and that's Dan. Yeah, regret those choices. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's a whole themed thing. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. This letter was written by a wife. Yes. Uh, that wife probably has a butt, and that's the oh. part of the party. <laughs> hey, there we are. Do you have, well, let's not assume they have a butt. Yeah, many, millions of Americas each year are tragically born without butts. <laughs> Come with me, Molly, won't you? <laughs> really, millions? <laughs> <laughs> Most people don't have butts. <laughs> I'm, I'm very passionate about this charity, Elliot, because it, it really speaks to me. I, I... I suffer as much as the It victim. really sneaks up behind you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, now I like to believe, Dan, that you're like, a, you're like one of those celebrities who suddenly becomes a conspiracy theorist. Like you're like, are people losing their butts because of these chemtrails? <laughs> oh, my God. Elliot, what, what you don't see, Dan just stood up and pulled a prosthetic butt out of his pants. <laughs> the weird he has thing been was, without a butt this whole time. That's why he's been so focused on butts. That's why I'm so covetous of other butts. Now he's pulling a second prosthetic butt out of the front of his Wait, pants? Wait, and a third? <laughs> From the side? 
and a fourth from his back. Dan. He said it's to protect him against Travis attacks. Too late. <laughs> Ow. That Should have my... kept that butt. Yeah. I told you not to lose that butt. I kind of wish all that that bit had gone to the point where Dan takes off his overcoat and it's just two children, one standing on the shoulders of the other. <laughs> this is avarice and this is butts. Yeah. So I guess that answers your question, Sarah. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks your husband. Thank your husband for listening. I don't know. Just just put some crepe paper up and you know put put Neil Breen's face on it or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nicholas Cage. Put on Nicholas Cage movie. Pop some corn. You know. Leave your brain at the door. <laughs> yeah. 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 Hey, just take something bad and then turn it around and make it something good, and that's the Flophouse way. Uh, this letter is from Patrick, last name withheld, who writes, one of my favorite comedians. Patrick McGowan from The Prisoner? Yeah. One of my favorite comedic scenes used to be the classic bit from Bruce Almighty where the now omnipotent Jim Carrey messes around with a smug newsman, Steve Carell, by forcing him to pass gas, speak in a high-pitched voice, scream gibberish, etc. 11-year-old me found this riotous. However, recently watching that clip on YouTube only conjured up feelings of disgust towards that film and myself. It's not funny that Jim Carrey is using Steve Carell as a flesh puppet. That's some... Badass rogue Shogun Stu Wellington voice. Fucked up shit, broheem. Mm-hmm. That's pretty close. My question. What's a <laughs> se- My question. What's a scene from a film that you loved slash found hilarious as a child, but as an adult now find crude, insufferable, or depressing that you even liked it in the first place? I Can I answer? Yeah. <clears throat> I will say along those same lines, basically anything from Ace Ventura. Uh-huh. He's like, I, I feel like, I, I was right in the the wheelhouse of like uh thinking Jim Carrey was very, very funny for like the mask, Ace Ventura, that I was like, This is gold. But now when I think about Yeah, like when he says somebody stop me, you're like, No, no one right, stopped. No, him. don't stop him. This is great. Um <laughs> but now You are smoking, sir. Yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, P R A T Y because mm-hmm. I love it. Um, but no, they're so, oh, it's just, it's heinous, not only in like, it's not funny, but also in that like nineties way of like, ah, so much of this is homophobic, transphobic, blah, blah, fat phobic, all of these things that like, I, it, it makes me sad for like 10 year old Travis that laughed at that shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, like mine is sort of similar along the line. I mean, I would say about. Half of Animal House hasn't aged well, uh, and <laughs> all of all of it, all of it hasn't aged well. And uh, you know, I found that's because very... Elliot's not a party dude. That's how Elliot, why Elliot feels that way. I found it funny as a kid. No, although... I like I like the elitists. <laughs> although um... when when they're trying to shut down Animal House, they're like, yeah. Yeah, shut down Animal House. Put them on triple secret probation. Who cares? Well, I mean, yeah, I think they, they are I'm doing like, the, bad shit. The, the, I will. Yeah, the fraternity that's breaking the rules and hurting people and misleading women to make them sleep with them. Yeah, shut that house down. Shut yeah. that shit down. And while you're at it, shut down uh, that PCU <laughs> PCU house. Yeah. And how about those nerds? <laughs> I mean, no, shut those guys down. They're totally rapists. <laughs> No, they're also bad. Listen, you know yeah, what? They're super Maybe bad. they're all bad. 
And also the zapped guys, fuck them. I mean, if you're given the powers of a god, you can't be expected to play by the rules of mortals. I actually do. Th- I think there's a window <laughs> of time from like 1981 to 1995 mm-hmm. where those movies, all of them should be burned okay. and never watched again. They okay. should all be fed into a pyre mm-hmm. because they are pretty much... All misogynist, and I'm. This is not Travis McElroy virtue signaling. Mm-hmm. This is literally me saying I don't think there's anything redeemable about the whichever one of us is the last one to get laid. <laughs> like that shit, <laughs> that can go right out the window. Yeah, yeah, you're and probably like that right. Voice. That voice <laughs> whichever one of us is the last one to get laid has to write a whole dissertation about women's voting rights. <laughs> what I love is it sounds like it sounds like Ray Romano is in a teen sex comedy. <laughs> Deborah, I gotta get laid. Or I'm gonna get drunk on The Simpsons. <laughs> no, no, no. It's all, yeah, it's all Barney, Barney Gumble, right? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's him. Barney was on. Everybody yeah. loves Barney. Uh-huh. <laughs> Barney's more like this. Okay. Shut up, Dan. All right. No, Can we I mean, have that was fun for two fucking seconds, Dan, without you jumping in and policing this shit. Anyways, what's the next? All right. Question? So uh, basically, like '80s and early '90s comedies. Yeah, I mean, this has nothing to do with that, but it reminds me of. Uh, I can't watch the movie Wayne's World anymore because I loved it so much. And when I was in sixth grade, a friend of mine and I were jealous that our other friend had a girlfriend. Our friend Casey Crow had a girlfriend. So we thought it would be fun to like mess with them by doing the uh, like foxy woman thing from Wayne's World. Just talking about it makes me embarrassed. So we tried to do some kind of like thing in the hallway, like referencing the movie. And like my personal hell is being trapped in those seconds of doing this weird poorly choreographed bit. Uh, and I can't even, I don't want to talk about it anymore. It makes me, it makes my stomach hurt. <laughs> ah, I haven't ever I seen someone give themselves post-traumatic traumatic stress. Yeah. You can I watch my, like watching <laughs> Stuart's face. My, my once, once bouncy hair has now f- flattened. <laughs> Sweat is pouring off my forehead. Uh, <laughs> uh, I can't watch Wayne's world ever again. Uh, this next letter is from Heather last name withheld who writes Locklear. I'm, oh, wow. I'm it's a big star. I'm currently working your way, my way through your back catalog. I recently listened to episode 153, G.I. Joe Retaliation. That's cool. She could probably stop around there and not go back any further. <laughs> I laughed depressingly. <laughs> I laughed depressingly at minute 540 when Stuart mentions Jonathan Price and says, There is no way a guy with that crazy a haircut would be elected president of the United States. If only 2014 <laughs> floppers knew what was coming in 2016. Sigh, such innocent loss. Do you guys remember any other suggestions or beliefs you had based on movie fiction? I can't believe that she have either pulled out the receipts on that one. Or were shattered, was shattered by reality? Sincerely, Heather Last Name withheld. I will say, uh, I think it goes back a little bit further than that, but my introduction to the Flophouse uh, was uh, Labor Day. Uh-huh. Uh, in which you guys revealed what would end up being the truth about Alan Ruck. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it seemed like a goof at the time, but now yeah. his tell-all book has come out. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that was all true. Yeah. And it blows my mind how prophetic to the letter yeah. you all were about Alan Rauch. Yeah, you know, sometimes we uh, sometimes we knock out of the park. I had no idea. But somehow, you now tell me. As Hollywood insiders, all three of you, sure. Yep. Did you just know that about Alan Ruck, or was it a lucky guess? Yeah, Dan's been hanging out with Alan Ruck for a while. Uh, he's been <laughs> uh, Alan Ruck invites Dan over. Dan shows up with a little typewriter, and Alan Ruck in his uh, he's wearing like what is that? You said like a kimono? Yeah. Well, I'm basically the Doctor Watson to his Sherlock Holmes. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. And you and- guys go on adventures together, and he solves crimes and shit. <laughs> Uh, more of the boring biography stuff. Oh, so you're just writing a book about Alan Ruck? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, so it's not like yeah, he said, Holmes. It's more just like you're writing a book about Alan Ruck? He well, said, I like the way I put it, but okay. he said, Dan, uh, you have five <laughs> nights to record my story, and at the end of night five, I will be dead. And, and I'll kill you, fo- too. <laughs> and potentially you'll die in the process, too. That was, I mean, an implied threat. I, mean, I can't, we with I can't guarantee you'll die, but when I die, I'm going to try to take you with and, me. And Dan, you said you've done four nights with him, huh? It's pretty chilling. <laughs> and on I the don't... fifth night, when the I lost track you of together. Whatever folktale you're spinning, <laughs> I just sort of spaced out on it, I have to be honest. <laughs> yeah, Anyways, you keep, you're going to go keep hang looking. out with Alan Ruck after we're done recording tonight, right? Uh, Yeah, sure. Yeah, the Dan's doing this thing where Al. he checks how long the recording's been going, and then he Adds up in his head how much uh, memory that takes pl- uh, takes up on our little recording device. And then he goes and sees Alan Rock. They are not connected at all, the two ideas. Um, does anyone have a real answer to this, or should nope. we just move on? <laughs> yeah, I, well, si- similar to, uh, similar to uh, what they were saying about Stewart's comment, I would say that uh, decades and decades of movies have taught us that, like, uh, the goodness of people... And what and brings us all together, and we can uh, we can band together to stop bad things from happening. And there's a sense <laughs> of justice in the world, and I feel like that has been proven untrue. <laughs> a bleak sentiment from Elliot. That, that's true. Uh, yeah, it's I also, called realism, dude. I also learned that if I like, I don't know, if I'm driving through the country and my car breaks down, and I'm wandering through the woods because I need to get a part in the closest house i saw was that farm a couple clicks back uh and i instead of walking on the road i decided to walk through the woods um movies have taught me that i would be hunted and killed by hillbilly cannibals that never happens to me <laughs> so yeah <laughs> not even once <laughs> not, not even <laughs> once well there was that one time but We'll have to save that for another day. That's the thing. The courts have said <coughs> that hillbilly cannibal is just a regular person and I shouldn't have used a spear gun on him. But Well, don't give it away. <laughs> I said another. So we talk about it another time. I have uh, one really quick uh, last letter. It's from Claire, last name withheld. It's uh, one sentence. It says, how can there be like a million Spider-Man movies, but they can't make the spider webbing not look like jizz? <laughs> <laughs> Not so because much because spider webbing, webbing looks like yes, spider webbing is jizz. <laughs> yeah, it, it just is. sprays out of their out of their little out of their little uh, jizz hole spinnerets. Hey guys, guys, what if when 
<laughs> when you jizz, <laughs> an ultra strong compound came Wait, out. Wait, slow and- down. Is this hypothetical? Or are you saying why does that happen? Yeah, what? Uh, Dan, I would say. Dan, I would say when you when you an ultra strong compound does come out because it has the power of life in it. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I would say without men, what is life really? Okay. Uh, oh no. Oh no. Um, oh, guys, oh I've been doing a little bit of research into erotic cakes lately. Okay. And I like where this is headed. <laughs> Keep talking. Most erotic bakeries that I've found that make a cake or cupcake featuring an erect penis. Almost always have, have like spider webs, have like jizz shooting out of it, and I'm like, is that what people want? <laughs> <laughs> as, as, as someone who was once part want. of a group that hired an erotic that uh, Stuart, as someone who was part of a group that ordered an erotic cake to be sent to somebody, yes, that is exactly what we wanted. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I guess to answer your question, why do spider webs in Spider Man movies look like jizz? It's hard to think what else they would <coughs> look like. It is hard for me to imagine a different version. Like, picture right now, Spider-Web shooting from a man's yeah. wrist. Yeah. What would it look like that's not jizz? You know, I was about to say... Or silly. imagine imagine Spider-Web's shooting from a man's penis. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that would make it a little harder, Elliot, for my example, but okay. I was about to say... <laughs> I could imagine it looking like silly string, but that just looks like jizz to That's me too. That's what I'm saying is like picture picture <laughs> a webbing and tell me what it looks like that doesn't look like jizz. I can't do it. Dan, right? Dan, Dan are you stumped? Uh, no, I'm, well, now I'm just imagining the idea that like a, a spider's web like is 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 jizz, like just very delicately <laughs> oh, woven no, we jizz. Broke Dan. Mm-hmm. Just like in uh, real life, uh, uh, a spider uses jizz to catch flies, while a man's penis well, squirts out jizz. Well, you catch more flies with to jizz catch flies than too. honey, yeah. as I've always said. Do you think this is the most we've ever said jizz uh, on the jizz, show? Jizz, jizz, oh, jizz. Oh, jizz, I think jizz. Now. Now, Stuart, uh, Stuart, I have a, I just want to spin a fantasy for you. Sure, uh, like jizz. a spider spins a web out of jizz. Uh-huh. Uh, when you said you were researching erotic cakes, yeah. I imagined that much like Daniel Day Lewis quit acting for a while and apprenticed with a cobbler, that <laughs> yeah. you dropped out of your professional life to apprentice with like a master erotic cake baker in Italy somewhere. <laughs> yeah, no, that's. I mean, that's pretty close. And they just kept saying, too erotic, too erotic. <laughs> and I and I kept saying, mamma mia, and he kept shaking his head at me. He's like, no, you're not ready for that yet. Um, so what's the next part of this podcast, Dan? The next segment is the final segment. Okay. And it's where we recommend movies. Final judgments. <laughs> no. Oh. I think it's a good, bad movie. Okay, okay. cool. Well, we're done. Uh, me too. Um, now we do <coughs> recommendations. Travis, do you have a movie to recommend I do, that actually, you actually listen, like? This is going to sound like a joke. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> but okay. Kingsman Okay. and Kingsman 2, The sure. Golden Circle. Okay. I launched Kingsman 2, The Golden Circle, on an aero, aeroplane. Okay, the Dan special. Uh, recently. Oh, Dan's favorite place to yeah, watch Yeah, I watched yeah. it recently, and I enjoyed it non-ironically. Mm-hmm. Cinema of the Skies, Dan calls and, it. Um, and non-aeroplanely. <laughs> and then I went back mm-hmm. and purchased on iTunes the original Kingsman, which I had not seen before I watched the second one. And I just watched it today. Uh-huh. I enjoyed those movies. I think that they are fun. 
in a way that I'm reminiscent of early James Bond. Uh-huh. Um, but it's they, like a like a James Bond Jr. type thing. Well, they both have very, very interesting bad guys. Okay. Where in the first one, the bad guy's thing is trying to save the planet, but he is uh-huh. evil. Yeah. And in the second one, the bad guy's thing is a war on drugs and trying to make drugs not a bad thing, but okay. they're evil. And uh-huh. it's a really interesting take on what a supervillain is. Okay. And they have a really fun um, kind of take on spy thing where it's mm-hmm. like they don't take themselves too seriously, but it's not silly to the point of like uh I love the Fast and the Furious movies, but they've reached a point where it's like, they know what they're doing. They're being kind of silly with how out of bounds it is and how unrealistic. I don't know what's unrealistic about a man racing a car away from a submarine. Okay. Um, But um, (laughs) Kingsman kind of has that, that same kind of feel of like, we know that this is silly, but still taking itself seriously in a silly way. Yeah. yeah, Anyways, I was surprised to find that I enjoyed them in a legitimate way. Yeah. I remember I haven't seen the second one yet, but I thought the first one was pretty fun. Yeah. And Samuel Jackson is really great in it. Well, that's the thing. The first one's very fun. And I think the second one is more, but in the same vein. Okay. So, uh, I, I jokingly said today on Twitter that they are to Austin powers what the Daniel Craig movies are to the later Pierce Brosnan's. Oh, okay. Where yeah, it's I can see like, that. what if we did this, but good? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyways. I follow. The Kingsman movies. They're surprisingly good. Mm-hmm. Dan. Uh, my Dan. mom liked them. Yeah, they're good. I, I watched them on Your a recommendation. Your mom liked the Kingsman movies? Recommendation from Clint McRoy, who said they are good. Yeah. And Even I the said, weird, like, no. butt-fucking part at the end of the first one? Okay, we get over that. <laughs> I talked to... I- I talked to my mom about that, and she was like, what? <laughs> and she didn't remember. She, she like, didn't remember right it at all. It? And she's, she's like, I've been recommending it to so many patrons <laughs> at the library. I didn't even remember that happened. Uh, awesome. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm just proud of you. Like, proud? I don't know if proud is the right word, but you like can... for like bringing up the anal sex scene with your mom. There's not an anal sex scene. Oh, yeah, I had to tell well, her about it. Well... There's no. imp- implied anal sex. But that's the same as every James Bond movie where it's like, we are going to need a few minutes. Yeah, I mean, well, that's <laughs> like the joke that they're making, certainly. Certainly that's the, uh, yeah, what they're referencing. Um, yeah. There's sex in James Bond. Okay. Deal with it, Dan. Yeah, Dan. What do you, you recommend? Uh, t- what? What movie are you recommending, Dan? Uh, I saw recently uh, in the theater probably my favorite movie of last year, which is Phantom Thread. Oh, cool. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's a P.T. Anderson movie. Uh, I've liked pretty much everything Paul Thomas Anderson has done to a greater or lesser degree. Um, and his, uh, even though his previous one, Inherent Vice, was kind of challenging, like, I feel like he's recently, you know, entered this new stage in his career, like everything sort of, I mean, not that new because you see it sort of punch drunk love and onward, like where he's just a complete original. I feel like in the sort of things he's he's doing, and uh, I don't really want to talk that much about the plot of the movie because I went in fairly blind, and I think that that's the best way of 
seeing the film. It's a love. Wait, wait, Dan. The best way to see the film is if you're blind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's uh, P.T. Anderson is uh, trying. He's working in synesthesia. He's, yeah, lot. he's got odorama. <laughs> oh, I see. Um, no, I went in without knowing anything about the movie, other than that it was a sort of a contentious love story between a uh, dressmaker and his uh, paramour. And that was about all I needed to know going in. It was great. And Daniel Day-Lewis is predictably good. I love his cobbling in that movie. His cobbling mm-hmm. is top-notch. <laughs> Peach, apple. <laughs> but I think even better for me was the female lead in the movie, uh, who is much less well-known. And I'm going to butcher her last name. I, it's but you vi- know her name, right? You know her what her name is because you love her so much. Well, it's Vicky. I think the last name is probably pronounced Creeps, but it's hard to tell. It's K-R-I-E-P-S. Is that Vicky the robot from Small Wonder? It, yep. Yeah, grown up. Oh, cool. It's weird now that a robot big grew up. She's her a last, big wonder. Her what? last name is Christina Barcelona. Oh, okay. Uh, but Phantom Thread, uh, go see it. It's... All over the place now. And I'm going to recommend, uh, I'm going to recommend a movie that I assumed I'd recommended before, but thanks to the Flophouse Recommends website, it says I didn't, so I'm going to trust in that. Castle uh, Freak. <laughs> it's called Castle Freak, and boy, whatever <laughs> happens to this ding dong. Uh, I'm going to recommend uh, an early movie by uh, David Cronenberg. Uh, it's a movie called Rabid. It's about a young woman oh, yeah. who uh, is uh, injured in a motorcycle accident and ha- undergoes an experimental treatment uh, to handle the like severe skin damage and burns that she's received. But the uh, the treatment has some side effects and it basically becomes a vampire movie. Uh, and it's like a great creepy take on a vampire movie and kind of what you like I don't know like it's a early David Cronenberg movie like it's gonna be have some weird ass body horror in it so expect that um so yeah check it out if you like him and or you like uh you like weird vampire movies oh can I can I recommend another one that is not the king's son sure yeah <laughs> um, it just popped in my head that you mentioned that uh the movie high tension yeah, yeah, yeah. That? yeah. I, I, I was working at a movie theater when I was uh, fresh out of college, and uh-huh. the movie came on. And it was one of those ones that, like, I stood in the back of the movie theater and watched straight mm-hmm. through. And I am not usually one for like horror, scary movies, uh-huh. and it, it really caught my attention. Of like, wow, this is a really weird way to tell this story, and I was yeah. really caught up in it. Um, so if you're looking for like a weird tensiony movie, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, that that movie's. Those French movies are intense, let me tell you. Mm-hmm. Jules and Jim, intense. <laughs> Elliot? Well, I'll recommend a movie, too. Uh, I recently saw a movie that I really liked a lot, and I'll recommend it to you now. And uh, that movie is called <laughs> Columbus. And He's explaining the idea of recommendations. Sorry. Yeah, I yeah. love how you explain uh, the notion of so recommendations. The movie's called Columbus. It's, <laughs> it stars uh, John Falk. Cho and Haley Lou Richardson. Uh-huh. Hmm? Wait, I didn't hear you guys. And a ghost. We're just making up uh, the stars of your movie. We're just purposely fucking with you. Go on. Wow. No, no. I mean, it's helpful because my. 
Elliot's not this, used to yeah, people interrupting him. Cutting out. No, like Peter Falk, Every like Columbo uh, was the thing I was saying. You know, it's like one more thing. You know how he says, you know what he does. You know that old thing. Yeah, it's called Columbo. Uh huh. One more thing. Uh, one more thing, ma'am. I just have another thing I'd like to ask you about. Dead air. I'm just waiting to, <laughs> to make sure. <laughs> is the Columbo bit over or is it still going? <laughs> yeah, ma'am. I mean, it's still going on in all of our I minds. Have, I have just one more question, ma'am. One more thing. I could not help but notice, ma'am, how you... You said he was had brown hair, but ma'am, just one more thing, if I could, if you don't mind. That's uh, that's what Matlock, ma'am. It's a murder she wrote. Ma'am, please, why are you walking away? I have just one more question. Please come back. No, no, please, where are you going, ma'am? Ma'am, don't be angry at me. I just have but one more question. That's a uh, Kolchak the Night Stalker. If I could, ma'am, 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 if I could. Please don't cry. Why are you so sad, ma'am? Perry Mason? Ma'am, please. This J- Jake and the please. fat man? Please, 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 ma'am, please. McMillan wife? Is this Jag? from this prison, Is this a real, like a diagnosis murder? Jag? Ma'am, if you don't a- answer this question, I'll be trapped in this Simon cage and Simon? forever. Ma'am, ma'am, please, please. Elementary? Please, let me, let me free, ma'am. Kill me. Ma'am, just kill me now. Oh God. Please, is, this, uh, is this the, the mentalist? Pain. Ma'am, I'm trapped. I'm trapped <laughs> in this hideous prison. Just ma'am. lie to me with Tim Roth? Ma'am, please. Please, ma'am. Please. Uh, I'm so sorry for everything I've done. I've done my ninety-nine voyages and so I've done ninety-nine good deeds. Remington Steel. Is this yeah, that one that's like called like the noticer or something please, like that? Ma'am. <laughs> ma'am. What's that one where Maria Bella wears a hat? Oh, ma'am. hat cop? <laughs> ma'am. Yeah, Why I think it's hat cop. Anyways, you were saying? Now I'll do the recommendation. Okay. Now, here's the thing, guys. I don't want to seem like a spoil sport, a party pooper, uh-huh. or, uh, or a stick in the mud. Uh, we're having trouble with, this, with the Skype uh, signal today. So every time I'm talking, I can't hear that you're talking until I stop and I just catch the last little bit of a word that you guys have. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, that's why it was throwing me off a little bit with that, with that otherwise wonderful bit. <laughs> and now on to my recommendation. <laughs> now, Webster's, <laughs> Webster's Dictionary defines recommendation as a word of encouragement or, <laughs> or sharing. <laughs> it is literally to commend is to compliment and to recommend is to be so taken by a product that you will compliment it to another. And that's what I'd like to do for you tonight. And my recommendation... Travis is taking off his headphones. Is for... (laughs) Uh, My recommendation tonight is for a movie called Columbus. Mm -hmm. Pause for Peter Falk joke. (laughs) And... Are you fucking kidding me? uh, Okay, I'm done. (laughs) Anyway, it stars uh, John Cho and Haley Lou Richardson. And it's the story of... Uh, two people who find themselves in Columbus, Ohio, which is a you know a mid-sized city that happens to have a surprising number of buildings by uh, modernist architects, a very wide renown and big names. And uh, the, there's a girl who lives there who is uh, held back because she feels like she has to take care of her mom. Her mom has had some trouble with drugs in the past, even though she really needs to get out of that town and, and make more of her life. And John Cho plays the son of a, an architecture professor who is in the hospital there, was there to give a lecture, and ended up 
passing out and having to go to the hospital. Now he's kind of waiting around to see if his father's going to survive or not. And the two of them are both lost, and they're both looking for another person to confide in and find a connection with each other. And it's just a really, like, strong, just like a, a solid, good, strong, emotional movie. John Cho's really great in it. And the way I describe it is almost like, if you liked Lady Bird, but you felt Lady Bird was a little bit too Hollywood glamour, mm-hmm. then... Columbus is the movie for you. It's a beautiful looking movie, but uh, it's it's a it's just got a similar feel in some ways to Lady Bird, but without the kind of like, uh, kind of. There's there was watching. I really liked Lady Bird, and then I watched Columbus, and it made me be like, oh, Lady Bird has a lot of like jokes in it. It feels more like a movie, and this felt more like I was kind of seeing these characters interacting, and there was something pure about that that I really liked. So. Columbus, I recommend it. You're hoping for more of a like full mumblecore experience. Well, not it's not mumblecore because the characters have spoken dialogue that is recorded well, and you can understand what they're saying. But it was like a like when you see like I loved Lady Bird, I still love it. But it's like sometimes when you see a movie that feels real to you, and then you see a movie that's similar but feels realer, and that's what this was like to me. Like how when I was a kid and I saw Carnosaur. I was like, that's what it's going to be like when they bring dinosaurs back. And then I saw <laughs> Jurassic Park, and I was like, oh, no, wait a minute. That's what it's going to be like. Yeah. All right. So what do we do now, Dan? Now we uh, blessedly uh, sign off. Okay. Of life. And we all go to bed all- together <laughs> in one giant bed. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, one giant sardine can that you mm-hmm. just roll up the top. Elliot Skypes in next to us. With his avatar. (laughs) His his avatar, which is, weirdly enough, Sephiroth from Final Fantasy VII again. But with the head of Knuckles. (laughs) Yeah, but he's got... I was going to say the exact same thing, the head of Knuckles. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's a really tough character. (laughs) Oh, God, Um, we're in the drift. (laughs) Which one of us is Travis and which one is Ellie? There's no telling now. Yeah, I you know I dreamed last night that I dreamed last night that I was Travis McElroy, and now that I woke up, I don't know if I'm Elliot Kalen who dreamed he was Travis McElroy or Travis McElroy who's now dreaming he's Elliot Kalen. It's oh, yeah. both. Yeah, you're like a swamp thing. So, uh, Dan, what do we do now? We sign off. So you're a swamp something <laughs> for the flop house. I've been Dan McCoy. Hey, I'm Stuart Wellington. <laughs> I'm Elliot Kalen, or perhaps I'm... I'm Travis McElroy, or maybe Elliot Kalen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I was going to... I was... I was. I left a, I left a dot, dot, dot for Travis, but I think it was hard since I literally pointed to the phone mm-hmm. as if to say, now you go, but I forgot that uh, you can't see me because I'm 3,000 miles away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, on that sad note, I guess, let's sign off. Bye. <laughs> Good night, everyone. <laughs> Yeah, tell me, give me a, paint me a word picture of Dan since I can't see him. Well, his face looks you know, a little concerned. a white guy. <laughs> okay, white guy, keep talking. Uh-huh. Now imagine he has a beard and he's kind of sad. Yeah. Kind of? <laughs> but now imagine he's very sad and you've got Dan. Now, I was building now, up well, to it. Would you describe him as pretty fly for a white guy? Oh, one... Well, one percent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, only one percent flyness. That's that's not great. But I would describe him as an original prankster. 
if we're going to be referring to <laughs> maybe the clown songs. prince of crime. <laughs> MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.